106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. The sacrament of the left and of the current Democratic Party is that abortion must be accessible, available through nine months without apology and free and totally subsidized by the taxpayer. That is the current Democratic position. If you want to debate which policy, whether it's restricting abortion or making abortion totally free and accessible, is going to end or decrease abortion, I think the answer is obvious. But that's not really the question on the table. The question on the table is whether or not you think slaughtering and dismembering and sucking the brains out of babies is right. And if you as a Christian thinks that maybe we should just have a slow crawl for the next 50 years to try to make that unthinkable and that the law shouldn't speak at all to the dignity and the right of an unborn child not to be brutally murdered, then you're on the wrong side. You know nothing of justice. You know nothing of the God who created justice, might I add. My presence at this podium uh, represents a few firsts. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman, black gay immigrant woman, black gay immigrant woman, the first of all three oh of those God. to hold this position. No. I would not be here today if it were not for generations of barriers, pe- barrier breaking people before me. I stand on their shoulders. If, if it were not for generations of barrier, barrier breaking people before me, I would not be here. But um, I benefit from their sacrifices. I have learned from their ex- ex- excellence, and I am forever grateful to them. So, how did you get this job? That gay immigrant woman. How in God's name did you get this job? That gay immigrant woman. How did you even get this job? That gay immigrant woman. How did I get this job anyway? That gay immigrant woman. Gentlemen, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. At least once a day, I see something that the Biden administration and Democrats in general have pushed some kind of consequence of their policy. And I think about the pro-life evangelicals for Biden and the organizations and the people who profess to be Christians who voted for Joe Biden because they said, oh, this is the pro-all-life, holistically pro-life decision. This is the common sense approach. This is the more moderate approach. What really matters is that we get Trump out of the White House. This is this is the truly empathetic choice. And I'm like, okay, which policy? Can you point me to the pro-all-life policy? Like, is it the rapidly pro-abortion policy? Is it the pro-gender switching for children policy? Is it the open borders policy that is incentivizing the kind of human smuggling and child trafficking that we're seeing? Is it the soft on crime policy that is leading to rise in homicides and lawlessness? That is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on to galvanize global action. With that, I thank you all. This is a matter of urgent priority for all of us. And I know we will work on this together. What is she saying? And finally, new rule. If you haven't seen all the crime happening lately on your TV, it's probably because someone stole it. (laughs) 
As we head into the midterm election season, one issue that has risen to the top of voter concerns is a general feeling these days that the social order is breaking down, that there are no more safe spaces anywhere. Street crime, home invasions, carjacking, porch pirates, medical staff attacked at hospitals, incivility at sports arenas. And I think the Grubhub driver is eating my French fries. On airplanes now, the in-flight entertainment is a fistfight. <laughs> this year, the L.A. City Council voted that every homeless tent had to be removed from dozens of locations, yet every freeway overpass still looks like history's saddest Coachella. The homeless are both preyed upon and, frankly, a concern that they will do God knows what. <laughs> you go out for a run in your neighborhood and you have to wonder whether that guy eyeing you on the corner is going to be this guy or this guy. <laughs> we have a new thing in L.A. called follow home robberies, where gang members stake out nice restaurants and then follow home the people who leave inexpensive cars and force their way into their houses. That's why Paris Hilton now drives a 2009 PT Cruiser and eats, <laughs> eats at Sabaro. <laughs> a day doesn't go by where you can't find video of the latest smash-and-grab robbery where thieves in broad daylight just smash the front windows of ritzy stores and take all the jewelry they can carry. They went to Jared. <laughs> and when did they legalize shoplifting? There used to be shame in shoplifting, or at least some skill. Now criminals just brazenly walk out of Walgreens, again, in broad daylight, <laughs> with a trash bag full of aisle three, <laughs> while the security guard just watches. They have to keep even the most mundane products all caged up. CVS isn't a store, it's a zoo for teeth whitening strips. <laughs> San Francisco in the last few years has seen 11 Walgreens and six CVS stores just give up and close because that town seems simply beyond law, which is heartbreaking because I, like so many people, love that city, and I don't think it's corny to admit, yes, I left my heart in San Francisco. Also, my wallet and iPhone. <laughs> Bay Area citizens have been complaining in recent years about all the human feces in the streets, but now the streets are full of something else. They call it San Francisco snow. It's glass, piles and piles of shattered glass everywhere from car windows being smashed, 
It's so routine to have this happen to any parked car that people purposefully leave the windows down and the glove compartment open so thieves can see there's nothing of value. Or they leave a note on the car politely assuring the thief that there's nothing worth stealing and please don't break the windows. Dear Mr. Criminal, I hope this note finds you well. Please don't break my windows. Thanks. You're the best. P.S. There's a Walgreens around the corner if you want to hit that. Here we are, and this is the 164th episode of No Hostages Radio. This is Lou Benninger speaking, and I'm going to be keeping on doing that for uh, uh, six segments here tonight of 20 minutes apiece. This show will show up on the Internet on the 21st or Saturday of May. That's Saturday the 21st in the morning. And uh, we're happy you're listening to us, no, ma- no matter how you got here. Uh, you may have stumbled across uh, an article that talked about nohostagesradio.com. Or you may have uh, just heard about it and gone to your podcast source and got over here. So the, the only difference that makes is uh, we ought to let you know that you can go to nohostagesradio.com and listen to previous episodes or, or look at articles uh, that I've written over a long time now, and uh, if you've maybe saw it in the newspaper and then can't figure out where it went, you wanted to keep it, uh, like I do a lot of times, I'm saying, where did I read that? And and all my articles are stored over there. So uh, when you go on the website front page, if you just go uh, nohostagesradio.com, there's a little three slashes up in the top left. You just click on that. It'll have a page on articles, page on a podcast and then a page on sponsors and then uh, I think a connection to the Facebook page with Live with Lou. So uh, Tanner Martis has been working on that, trying to uh, improve it, which everything he touches gets improved. So it's uh, it, it's all operative, but uh, or operational, but it uh, it's uh, we're making some changes in improving it. So check that out. If you want to re- uh, connect with me, you can email me at Lou at L O U at nohostagesradio.com, and I will uh, do, I do my very best to answer everyone. Uh, I don't get, I get a, quite a few emails, but not from a huge number of people. So there's some people that are really interested in the show, and they send me a lot of material, which I'm very appreciative of. And I'm checking that email uh, usually at least every other day and just catching up with people because I have another email that I, I'm on, I'm, I got to work on every day. So Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com is the email, and you can dial me up or text me at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. If you're new to me, I'm over here on the left coast in California, Northern California, up here where we had hoped uh, we would separate off from the state and have our own state. 
because not because we don't like Southern California or other people, but we're just different. And that's why states usually operate separate. You know, that's why we have 50 states is that they had a, something unique about them and they wanted to operate in a certain way, different from the next state over maybe. So uh, we're hoping someday to do that, but it's been one uh, uh, mess up after another to try to pull that off. So I'll leave that where it is because I don't want to talk about it today. Also, there's a live show, if you're ever interested, that we do uh, from 10 a.m. in the morning over here on this left coast time, uh, 10 a.m. to 1 in the afternoon, and it's at KMYC 1410 a.m. So, But if you're too far out, you know, out a couple, few counties, you're not going to be able to pick up on it unless you go to a live stream, which is at live365.com. So if you go to live365.com and then click on radio and then put in the call letters KM. M like in Mickey, YC, uh, you don't have to put the 1410 in. It should come over to the live stream, and pretty consistently that works. Sometimes, just like my computer, it's, sometimes it just gets kicked off the Internet, and I have to re, you know, reconnect, reconnect, reconnect several times a day. So sometimes that happens, and we're, we're dismayed by that, but we just have to be glad for when it does work, right? Just count your blessings. So, uh, okay. The purpose of this podcast and, and the other radio show, the live radio show called Live with Lou, is to educate and inform and motivate uh, people to act uh, on their, their values and to speak out about their values and take a stand in America because we are – it isn't like, oh, I think. You know, people say, well, I think. Yeah, we know you think because you're the one saying it. So I don't need to th- say I think things are getting bad. I'm just going to say things are getting bad. Usually when people say I think, that means they have some doubt. So I don't have any doubt, and I'm confident that things are getting really bad. And we have people running our country that are not patriots. They're really communists and socialists and fascists. And uh, they're in seats of power right now, and it take in our job, according to our founding fathers, is to not comply. And the best thing you can do is not comply. I had a couple of ladies. I sitting in my uh, usually in this time of year when it gets warm, I work downstairs because I don't have air conditioning throughout the house. So I was working downstairs. I had some picture windows in front. So they stopped and were nosing around the the flowers outside and they saw me sitting there I recognized one so I went out and and we were discussing the situation uh, we have in our country today and and I talked I said that uh, the state and the this the union United States and the state of California where we are is going to shut down again and uh and they'll and they just immediately reacted they said well we're not going to comply and that really is is the uh, we don't have to do anything really fancy. Uh, we don't have to become part of the weatherman underground uh, and that that bombed buildings and killed people back in the 60s and 70s or the student for socialist democracy. We don't have to do that. Uh, so. Sorry, I just need to turn my phone off. So uh, we don't have to get involved in a uh, revolutionary movement. We, we just have to be revolutionaries. We have to be the same type of revolutionaries our forefathers were and mothers. And that is just simply decide we're not going to comply. And 
And uh, the Constitution is there for us. They haven't removed the Constitution yet. So all we have to do is simply say, you know, I'm going to follow the Constitution. You, whatever you guys want to do, like our supervisors, I'm fascinated with our supervisors and our two counties here, Yuba Sutter counties. It's kind of a one big com- uh, community here. Nine of ten supervisors voted to support, uh, continue to support our health officer, Fong Lu. I call her Dr. Death. Uh, but, you know, and when you're in government, you can kill people and you don't get held accountable for it. And that's exactly what happened to supervisors and the the uh, the health officer. Actually, their actions, their policy killed a huge number of people. Actually, more people died from their actions than died from covid. But they will not be held accountable for it because their government. Now, that's just all that does is describe the corruption uh, that we're dealing with. And it's interesting to me that many people have such a, a, a dis- inability to connect the dots uh, of like cause and effect uh, and when they should stand up and throw the rascals out is they keep voting the same people in. And it just didn't start with COVID. They, we keep voting the same people in that are ignoring the Constitution, are uh, expanding our budget, getting us into wars, uh, and all these other things that the Patriots did not want us to get involved in. And so one of the things we need to do is be active in throwing people out of office, attend the meetings, attend every meeting you can, be involved on boards and commissions, whether they're elected or appointed, uh, or uh, form your own group, activist group, and and learn about what's going on, and then go to meetings and uh, let your voice be heard and put pressure on our representatives. We can recall them. We don't have to wait till to vote people out. I, I usually try to dissuade people from recalls because it's very difficult to recall people. Most people lack motivation to even vote during voting time, but to get them to vote during the recall is even worse. So, uh, But that's happened recently in some places in the country. But we can recall people. We can vote people out. Uh, we can we can pressure people to quit, resign. That's certainly another uh, opportunity. Uh, but we can just not comply. I want you to think a, a lot of people are realizing right now that during the COVID shutdowns, uh, we could have just said, not going to do it. I, I'm not going to close my business. Now, there are some businesses that are being sued, uh, some people that are fined. And they're fighting those. I, we, I talked about it last week, the House of Oliver in Roseville, uh, Uppercut Barbershop in Roseville, uh, Apple Bistro in uh, what we call Placerville, I think, which is in El Dorado County. There's some places around the state. I'm, I can just speak for California. I know there's a, I can't even, I can't, it's a pizzeria. It's in Michigan and it's run by a former Polish refugee. And uh, or a Polish refugee who now is an American citizen. She did five or six days in jail and she got fined. Now she's back open again. But uh, but a lot of and then there's people got arrested at uh, Attilly's gym or Atlas gym uh, in New Jersey. So I wrote an article about it for Territorial Dispatch. But my point is that if all the businesses or let's just say if say 40% of the businesses would have stayed open that were considered non-essential, uh, we would have won the battle right there. And if people would have just said, you know, I'm just going to go come and go as I please. And I'm just going to handle that COVID just like I handled the flu or any other bug that came through, I'm just going to handle that and, and work with my private doctor. And I do not need the government to diagnose me 
stick something up my nose, in my butt, uh, take my temperature every 15 times every time I go into a building, or uh, to uh, tell me to go home, stay home, and not do anything. They lied to us. It was a fraud, and many, many people died, and a lot of people just want to move on. I don't. I do not want to move on. I want to scrap right here. Uh, I want to get up off the you know, the, it's kind of like the, uh, guy, the fight goes on for 12 rounds and you get knocked down a few times and I want to get up and win the battle over COVID. Right. And I want to expose the people that are corrupt in our community. Uh, you know, if everybody, if every person just took responsibility for their part of the community, their city, their county, some board, their school board. Uh, we would be just in fine shape. Well, the problem is that people are not standing up and getting it on. And so we need to be. And so the ladies I got in a long conversation with at, at dusk last night, it was a very refreshing conversation. And he just said, you know, I didn't comply the whole thing. After I sorted out, it was a big lie. I just did my life. Right. And I thought, well, way to go. And hopefully more will do that next time. So, uh, okay, let's see where we are here. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to mention just this, uh, the amount of uh, deception, uh, lies and deception that is involved in our political realm nowadays. Uh, you know, one of the Ten uh, Commandments of the Bible, you know, we, we got millions of laws now, thousands, hundreds of thousands in California. They say in federally we have millions. Um, we started out with 10, 10 uh, principles or commandments or mandates. One of them was don't be deceptive, you know, don't lie to people. And that, that is a tough one. I asked in juvenile hall, I used to speak there every Sunday, and then I'd hang out there Monday night. I used to always, every once in a while, I'd ask the kids, uh, if you ever lied, raise your hand. And everybody, everybody raised their hand. And I said, if you lie, what does that make you? And they said, it makes you a liar. So then I would had the ability to talk about God's plan for us. And um, one of the interesting things about politics is they're, it's full of liars. And a lot of times people justify lies. You know, we have these people like Kevin McCarthy has sex with another uh, Kevin McCarthy, the congressman that represents California from down the Central Valley and has sex with another congressman back there and uh, from another state. And then has the gall to bring his wife, Christian wife, out, stand with him next, next to a, uh, next to him, and just say, you know, how he he didn't really do anything wrong, and on and on and on it goes. I mean, it's just constant. In fact, I was telling somebody the other day when I meet a person I believe is really honest, I just uh, it's almost like like finding a gold nugget. It's just like say what? It's like you're actually an honest person, right? And so. What we have here is just complete lies. And I, I was thinking about three candidates that we have running for. Uh, and you have them in your town. I'm just going to talk about them and give you some examples from our. We have a superintendent of schools, Francisco Ravellis, who claims to be a, uh, a, a, an actual conservative, a Republican. He, he registered that way. But they, they changed their registration so they can fool people. It's totally deception, right? It's, it's putting on. It's a wolf putting on sheep's clothing. And so if you look at Francisco's donations and who he has professed, the principles he's professed to support, uh, he hated Trump. He, he, he loves some of the superintendent of schools, the state superintendent that were very uh, liberal, supported by 
gay, transsexuals, all kinds of people, uh, mandatory, universal kindergarten, uh, ethnic studies, all kinds of nonsense, right? Runs a horrible school. I'm going to talk more about it late, later. But Francisco Ravellis lied and claims he, he, you know, you can sign up and say you're anything, right? And then uh, you know how people even say sometimes I got a degree in this, I got a degree in that, or I fought in the military and they didn't even go in the military. So we have this on our campaigns locally. We have Francisco Ravellis claims he's a conservative. And if you look at his donations, who's he's donated money to, it's, it's Democrats, right? So, hey, be a Democrat. I don't care. But the, it's the deception. And I, I'm, I'm, uh, even if he was a communist, if I thought he was a great school school leader, and he was a communist or socialist or Green Party or whatever, I'd say, way to go. He's a good guy, whatever, whatever. But when he lies, I got a problem with that. Then we have Donna Hildegast. And uh, Hildegast or Hildegast. Anyway, she was appointed to be the uh, county clerk of Yuba County, counting the votes, and she's not honest about her, her, uh, uh, you know, she not she's running she's counting the votes and and she's campaigning on integrity but then she doesn't tell people what her political party is and she said well really I'm just a closet republican right or I'm declined to state listen nobody is declined oh I'm a decline I'm a christian but I'm declined to state I don't want anybody to I'm a closet christian I'm a I'm a you know I'm a closet republican I'm a closet communist, right? Why don't you just say who you are instead of all of a sudden, then you try to get endorsements and support from people that all along, they never even knew you didn't even act out. You didn't even go stand with the Republicans, with the conservatives. You were hiding out all these years. And now all of a sudden you want to run for office. I got a problem with that. Oh, if you're going to conceal that, what else is worth concealing? And finally, Dan Flores. Dan Flores is now running in Sutter County for a supervisor, and he claims he's a Republican. Oh, I'm a Republican. Now, listen, all you have to do is very simple. Just look at their actions. Like, all you have to do with Francisco Ravellis is look at all his donations, his affiliations, and he, he hated Trump's idea of starting of opening up more charter schools. Uh, you remember Mrs. DeVos, who was the head of the, uh, the the education department of education in Washington. She was into, you know, holding schools accountable, having more charter schools, having more freedom. Francisco Ravellis hated that. Right. That's not a conservative view. That's not freedom. And so the, the communist side of things of control, no options. He's anti-vouchers. Right. Anti-vouchers, anti-parental choice. That, that's communism, people. That's uh, that's communism. That is, uh, sorry, my phone. I turned it off, and it's still going on. It's got a mind of its own. So uh, Francisco Ravellis is not a conservative, and my point is, if you like him, he's he's your best friend. Then obviously your vote. I'm not trying to dissuade you. I'm saying I don't like people to lie. Why don't we all just be honest about who we are? So Dan Flores, Donna Hillegas. All these people portray themselves as one thing, and then they then they want you to vote for them, and they really are something else. Why don't you just tell us who you really are, and and then we will decide whether we're just going to hang with that or not. So I'm just tired of being lied to. Somebody said the other day that that or today they told me that uh, Tambra Courtright, who I'm supporting for uh, uh, for a county clerk, running against Donna Hildegast, she's the underdog, and the new person running. Um, somebody said that I bailed her campaign out. 
And I thought, man, I, I'm I, I give to all kinds of campaigns, but I don't think anybody would be be excited about how much money I give them that I actually had the impact, whether I'm giving Tamika Hamilton money, or Kevin Kiley, or Tambra Courtright, uh, or Eric Mala, who's running for supervisor over in the uh, Yuba County District. Uh, nobody's gonna. They may be thankful that I gave him a little money, but nobody's gonna say, "Oh man, thank God he." If I didn't get his money, I'd probably lose the race. Uh, I'm just. I just don't have that kind of money. So anyway, but pe- well, my point is, people lie. You know that? Do you know that the Bible talks more about gossip, the sin of gossip, more than it does sexual sin? Most of the time, we we focus on sexual sin. The sins of the mouth are are big time. And man, I have, I don't, I used to tell people I work for Church of God, do not call me and, and, uh, got, and fill me with a bunch of your crap, dump it somewhere else. And you know, some of my phone is really quiet nowadays. I, I got the word out early on. I said, don't be gnawing on me. Go fix your problems with the person you got an ax to grind with, solve it and move on. We're going to take a break here. Uh, we've, we got five more segments, but we're going to play some clips right now. So we'll be right back. And thank you for turning in today. Okay. He's a sad, so unlike any man I've known. I was afraid to let him in. Cause I'm not the trusting kind. But now I'm convinced. Hello, Sutter County. I'm Courtney Ortega, and I'm running for supervisor. Our government is mismanaged. It's too large and it's too expensive, yet it fails to serve and protect us. The homeless rule our streets. Addiction and overdoses are epidemic. Sutter County COVID policies crushed thousands of lives and businesses. Our rights were violated. Our freedoms were denied. As your supervisor, your freedom and liberty come first. No closing of businesses, no mask mandates, no restriction to homes, no county offices or meetings off limits to you, no favoritism. Everyone gets treated fairly, no ignoring criminal behavior, and no new taxes. If you want honesty and a government that serves you, if you want change, vote for me on June 7th. This ad was paid for by Courtney Ortega for Supervisor 2022. When your words and your actions align, that's called integrity. It means you're honest and can be trusted. If not, then your credibility is shot. No one can believe you when you can't even keep your own story straight. I speak truth to power. So this is me keeping my story straight and sticking to my guns. I was a great supporter of President Trump. He created sound policy in his first three years in office. He showed courage and seemed like a leader who was willing to take the establishment head on. But then 2020 happened, and an experimental drug was created in record time and pushed upon the American people against their will. Trump wasn't against this. He took credit for it, and often. When asked, he recommended vaccinations. This alarmed me, but like many of his supporters, I made excuses for him, saying that he was probably playing the long game until after the election. But then he lost. Again, like most Trump supporters, I believed that Biden would destroy the nation and that this would finally unite the American people to realize that Trump had been right about the swamp all along. While Biden's definitely destroying our country, I no longer trust Trump. 
Trump has continued to speak at rallies and on the media, but his narrative has changed. He calls himself the, quote, father of the vaccine because I'm the one that pushed it. A vaccine that stripped millions of Americans of their rights and caused massive job losses while making trillions for drug companies and their shareholders. In fact, Trump recently brought his, quote, friend Woody Johnson of Johnson & Johnson onto the stage at a rally in Pennsylvania, proudly claiming, quote, this guy's got cash like nobody's got cash, while millions of Americans face economic collapse. Trump also endorsed Dr. Oz, a snake oil salesman if there ever was one. The same Dr. Oz that lauded chip technology on his show. The same chip technology that's being pushed by globalists like Klaus Schwab. Do you see it yet? The truth hurts, but lies kill. They're all complicit. There are no good guys here. I said this when I published Politica in 2015 and I'm still saying it today because obviously we haven't learned our lesson. Until we are willing to accept the truth and speak it, until we are willing to call them out by name no matter who they are, we don't stand a chance. I'm sticking to my guns. Are you? God bless America. In Dinesh D'Souza's 2000 Mules, a team with over 40 years of experience investigating election security and election fraud provide crystal clear evidence that the 2020 election was rigged. They did so by focusing their investigation on only 2000 individuals a small percentage of the entire operation. These 2,000 individuals were tracked via cell phone data and video surveillance cameras, which clearly shows them knowingly committing voter fraud over and over again, while photographing themselves doing it, all acting as mules, delivering ballots from Democrat-aligned NGOs to official ballot boxes in the 2020 election. 2,000 felons caught on tape. This movie provides smoking gun proof that the 2020 election was stolen and makes it absolutely apparent that the entire system is corrupt. Because where is the justice? If America had any actual law enforcement, they could simply arrest these 2,000 mules and start an official investigation which would undoubtedly reveal what many of us already know, that the people currently destroying America from within were not elected by the American people. But we don't have law enforcement and we don't have a news media. On a personal note, I have to say that this movie was depressing, infuriatingly depressing. Yes, it has smoking gun evidence that the election was stolen but it was also a stark reminder of how the American people have no voice. We knew the election was stolen. That's why millions of us marched on DC in the biggest peaceful protest of our nation's history. It was obvious to us all. But after a few dozen feds fired off a couple flash bombs and murdered an innocent woman in cold blood, the fake Republican grifters ran home with their limp tails between their legs, submissively agreeing to never speak of election fraud ever again, even as hundreds of innocent Americans rot in jail, and even as the country is destroyed from within. They have been silent, all for fear of losing their meaningless jobs of selling the American people the biggest lie of all, that their vote counts. For those of us paying attention, it clearly doesn't. But that doesn't stop these charlatans from telling you that all you have to do is get out and vote. Democrats are in full support 
of destroying America. And the Republicans are all cowards. It's a show. Both sides are nothing but prostitutes to the big banks and their lobbyists. Happy to see the country slip into the abyss so long as they get their paycheck. They'll sell you the truth online for $20 and hope it satiates you. Because that's all you get. There is no justice. The American people are on their own. And the sooner we realize that, the better. Because we, the people, have been praying for a miracle. And that miracle is here. Time. Miraculously, we still have time to act. But that time is rapidly running out. And voting is no longer a solution. Not until we fix this broken election system. There will never be anything resembling a fair and honest election ever again in this country if we the people don't come together and exact justice now. Again, I'm just talking about uh, liars and and trash talkers. You know, we talk call it trash talking today, and I'm not into trash talking. Uh, if I want to talk tra- turkey with you, I'll call you up on the phone. I'll tell I'll talk about it right on the radio, right, and just tell you about it, right. If I think you cheated, if I think something went down the community, I'll, I'll put it out there. And if somebody says you're wrong, you made a mistake, you can put it out there as well. Like I'll, one of the reasons I'm opposing Francisco Ravellis is that. Uh, he wrote wrote an article. You know the the Bible says that out of the mouth, out of excuse me, out of the heart the mouth speaks. Out of the heart. So how do you figure out what's in a person, what's inside a person? If a person keeps his mouth shut, even people will think sometimes think they're smarter than they really are. But if you get a talk a, a diarrhea mouth person, you can really sort them out pretty easy. So. Uh, I, I was taking on all during COVID. I took on Dr. Lou, who was our county health officer, who was telling us everything she told our community in Yuba Sutter counties was making them sick and sending them to the hospital where they were dying. And uh, so I was taking her to task for that and trying to get somebody to do something about it because I didn't like the idea that people are running around with masks and standing six feet apart. Now, if they want to do that on their own free will, hey, it's a big world out there, right? You want to drink, smoke cigars, drop LSD, drink a fifth of whiskey at night. It's a free, it, it's a, it's a free country still, right? In that realm, you can do whatever you want. You do pay the consequences on those things. But when the government is deceiving people, then we got a problem, right? When you deceive yourself, Hey, uh, that's your bad. Uh, but when the government is out deceiving you and saying, we want to jab this in your arm and it's good for you and it's well, it's, it's, uh, it's been tested, it's safe, and it's very effective against COVID. So I was taking her on. Francisco Ravellis wrote an article. This is a leader in our community. This is like the top educator in our community. This is a guy that professes to have a PhD and just as smart as smart can be. This guy actually wrote an article took time 
to take me to task and say that Dr. Lou is just the best thing since sliced bread and that we should just follow her every uh, suggestion, request, and mandate. That, my friends, either is one stupid fellow, one ignorant fellow, stupid or ignorant, or one a liar, right? Liar, stupid, ignorant. That you don't get any other options because what happened to us in our community and happened across the United States in over 3,000 counties in the United States of America was we were deceived by a ploy to get us to comply and convert to a totalitarian type operation. And it never was about masks and it never was really about all the uh, conformity. That was punishment to get us to be so desperate that we would start taking the jab and put billions of dollars into the leaders of this country's pockets and big pharma and get rid of a lot of people that they think are too many people on the earth. They want to like thin out, you know, this time of year, the peaches start to, to grow and they go in and the clean peaches and they thin out. We used to thin them out every six inches. We'd take out, just leave a peach every six inches up the tree. So that, the peaches would get really big. So what's happening is a global reset. They're going to thin out the population of the world. And they, they got a big jump on it right now because the, the shots are killing and debilitating people. And actually if the people that didn't die right away, they will die in the next one to two years because their immune system will be compromised. Now we got one of this. This is the top educator in Yuba County, Francisco Ravellas, who either is as stupid as they can come, just as stupid as a as a totem pole, or he's a liar, or he's just plain ignorant. He's just plain ignorant, and he's deceptive, and he's just going along to get along, right? And that's very deceptive and dangerous, particularly when you have people in leadership. Now, Dan Flores, when he had the opportunity, he's the supervisor in Sutter County. He had the opportunity to open up the county. They already got all their money. But he is so much of a control freak, which is totally not conservative, totally not Republican. Republicans and conservative, true. I'm not talking about the Republican Party. Please set that apart. I, I am not a big fan of the Republican Party. I don't give to the Republican Party, even though some people are saying I'm funding campaigns. I've never funded a campaign in my life. I've never funded the Republican Party. Uh, so the, the conservatives believe in freedom. They believe in medical freedom. In other words, the government should never tell us what to do. Stay in your house. Stay out of your house. Go here. Go there. Uh, take a shot. Wear a mask. Stand on an X. You can't have your kids in school. You can't go to church. You can't sing. On an, you can't go visit your grandma in the rest home or your dad in the rest home. That's Dan Flores' view. He's a, he's a commie. He is not a conservative. Listen, you may con- you may be a part of the conservative party, but it's what are your actions when when government is telling you you they're taking your freedom. You know this is amazing. The two sheriffs in our two counties, uh, Wendell Anderson and and uh, Brandon Barnes, they both said we we are going to defend the Constitution and people are not going to be uh, arrested for uh, uh, exercising their constitutional rights. You have a right every day you get up. They do not come from government. They come from God himself. 
if you don't believe in God, you still get the gift. It's, you don't need to believe in God to get the gift. They, these rights come. They're above government. And government does not have a right to, to step in. Now, we're going to play a clip. Uh, let's see. Where is that clip? Uh-oh, I forgot to I forgot to print that out. So let me just make sure I know where I'm. Let me just check something so I don't jump over it. All right. So let me play this clip right now, and then we're going to go over. I've already taken too much time already, but. Uh, okay, let, I'm going to play the clip in the next next bracket, and that, that'll solve the problem really easily. So anyway, uh Actually, let, let me, let's see what I want to do here. Looking at how much time. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, let me just continue on. I'm going to play half of a Walter Williams clip, and then I'll pick that up uh, the next half in the next segment. So uh, our founders gave us freedom. And they didn't actually give it because they possessed it. They interest introduced us to the idea that we're really free and they set us free by explaining to us, us that we, we do not have any chains on us. And the only chains on us are the ones we put on ourselves. And so as long as we declare ourselves free and stand up for freedom, we have freedom. If you're not willing to stand up for freedom or profess your ability to be free, then you aren't free. So the, the moment, uh, the moment you uh, go along to get along, you are no longer free. You are no longer free. Uh, Bobby Kennedy uh, Jr. And I, 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 this lady that as a friend of mine lives up near Bullard's Bar, she has this under her name where she signs her name on her emails. And he says compliance is never the right move to get rid of totalitarianism. Com- I'm paraphrasing it. Compliance is never the right move to get yourself out of totalitarianism. And that's what we have here. So Dan Flores basically is a communist. And he is the one, he was the key leader to keep Sutter County shut down when there was absolutely no need to shut that, stay shut down any longer. Businesses could have been back. He runs around town promoting businesses. He should have been promoting the businesses, and so should James Gallagher. Where was James Gallagher, our assemblyman, during the shutdown of, of help? Why didn't he go from door to door and encourage people to uh, open your business, open your business? We don't have to follow the mandates. We have people like Kevin Kiley who was going to school board meetings in some parts of California saying you don't have to wear a mask. It's just a suggestion. You do not have to wear a mask. But you know what everybody was afraid of? Oh, they're not going to give us any money. I'm not going to get my allowance. I'm not going to get any money. So they sold their, they sold our right to freedom so they could have money. They spent it on all kinds of other projects. A lot of the projects didn't even go to COVID, had nothing to do with COVID. They spent it on critical race theory. They spent it on transsexuality. They spent it on homeless people, all kinds of things. But they had to, they had to take your freedom away to get the money. And that's what Dan Flores sold your freedom and I'm not just, I'm the whole bunch of them, nine out of 10 of them did that. 
The reason I bring it up Flores is he had some unique uh, control in this. And he's running for re-election. And the, the thing is, if you don't want what we just went through, you better vote differently at every level from the federal government on down to city council and, and whatever you have an opportunity to say, say something about. So, uh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and play this and, uh, we're just going to, I'm going to play this Walter Williams clip and then we'll come back. Okay, here we go. From your book, Liberty Versus the Tyranny of Socialism, you write, We often hear the claim that our nation is a democracy. That wasn't the vision of the founders. They saw democracy as another form of tyranny. If we've become a democracy, I guarantee you that the founders would be deeply disappointed by our betrayal of their vision. Yes, I think that's absolutely right. I th if you if read the statements by Madison, Jefferson, and, and Adams, they condemn the idea of democracy. Matter of fact, you don't find the term democracy in any of our founding documents. Uh, that is, you don't find the word you, you don't find the word democracy in the Declaration of Independence. You don't find the word democracy anywhere in the United States Constitution. And and if you and and if the listeners want further conven uh, 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 convincing of this, when we when we talk about uh, when we pledge allegiance to the flag, is it to the democracy for which it stands, or the republic, or or the song during the uh, the War of eighteen sixty one? It was the battle hymn of the uh, democracy or the battle hymn of the republic. Now, the, the founders thought that the idea of majority rule was a, uh, was a form of tyranny. And, um, and if you look at the Constitution, if you read the, the uh, Constitution represents our rules of the game, it's a very, uh, it's an anti-majoritarian uh, document. That is, uh, the president is not elected by a majority vote. Uh, the uh, the uh, um, the president can veto the wishes of 535 people of Congress, and it takes two thirds to override his veto. So there are many anti-majoritarian uh, uh, aspects of the United States Constitution, which represents our rules of the game. Any politician who would. Uh, rigorously live up to his oath of office to uphold and defend the United States Constitution, uh, he, he just would not get elected uh, to office by the American people. Because what politicians reflect, they reflect the values and views of the American people, that is, those who will elect them to office. Now, some people might say, well, gee, Williams, that's, that's a little bit strong. Well, look, we just might ask ourselves, uh, uh, what would happen to politician who had the vision of, let's say, James Madison, the acknowledged father of the United States Constitution? And in 1794, Congress appropriated $15,000 to help some French refugees. And James Madison stood on the floor of the House irate, and he said, and I'm virtually quoting him, he says, I cannot undertake to lay my finger on that article in the Constitution that authorizes Congress to spend the money of their constituents for the purposes of benevolence. 
Now, if you look at the federal budget, two-thirds to three-quarters of it is for the purposes of benevolence. Now, just ask yourself, what would the American people do to a politician to, or to anybody running for office who would make a statement like Madison did? Or make another statement, Madison, Madison said, also said, he said that charity is not a legitimate function of government. Now, can you imagine what the American people would do to a politician who said that? And so what I'm saying is that, is that politicians are reflecting the, the values and views of the people who elect them to office. And unfortunately, uh, uh, the values and views of most Americans are, are, are uh, distinct from those of the founders of our nation. So Walter Williams, has the Tea Party movement been a positive in your view in American politics? Well, I think, I think so. It has been a, it's been a movement or it's been a group of people who are saying, well, look, let's go back to the Constitution. Let's have constitutional principles. But whether they'll, they'll be successful or not uh, is another matter. And, and keep in mind that you know, if you look at the founders of our nation, they wanted very, very limited government. If you read uh, in uh, uh, Madison's in, uh, in Federalist paper, I think it's 45 or 48, and when he was trying to describe to the citizens of New York what was in the Constitution to kind of get the uh, citizens of New York to ratify the Constitution, he said that the powers that we delegated to the federal government are few and well-defined and restricted mostly to external affairs. Those left with the people and the states are indefinite and numerous. Now, if you turn that upside down, you'd have what we have today. That is, the powers of the federal government are indefinite and numerous, and those of the people in the state are, are, are limited and well-defined. In your book, Liberty Versus the Tyranny of Socialism, you quote Tom Paine, government, even in its best state, is but a necessary evil in its worst state and intolerable. That is absolutely right. And I think that, that we Americans should realize, recognize that the history of mankind has been that of arbitrary abuse and control by others. The, the founders were not, were not perfect, but they tried to move us away from that. And the, the main enemy, the main enemy of mankind throughout its history has been government. Uh, that is, if you look at the, uh, at the, 19th, at the uh, 20th century, it's the most brutal century in the history of mankind. I think that uh, something like 60 million people lost their lives in wartime, but that pales in comparison to the number of people who were murdered by their own government. And the number comes up to somewhere close to 100 million people are murdered by their own government and matter of fact, the, these statistics are documented in a book called Death by uh, Government. And so it shows that it's, it's a strong argument that, uh, that government is the enemy of mankind. The matter of fact, the framers of our Constitution recognize that. Just look at the language of the Bill of Rights. It says things like, Congress shall not abridge, Congress shall not prohibit, Congress shall not disparage, Congress shall not infringe. Now, if the framers did not think that Congress would do these things, why in the world would they put them in? Why would they put that down in the, in the, in the Constitution? And I've suggested to people that when we die, and if at our next destination 
we see anything like a Bill of Rights, we know that we're in hell. Because a Bill of Rights uh, in heaven would be an affront to God. It would be saying, well, we can't trust God, you know. And so the, the framers recognized that, that the enemy of mankind was government, but they recognized that we do need some government. And as, as Thomas Paine was uh, uh, pointing out, that uh, the government, under, uh, government is under the best of conditions of the necessary evil. And matter of fact, the, the whole Second Amendment argument about guns, the, the right to keep and bear arms. Most Americans think that the framers gave that, gave, gave us the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, uh, wanted to protect our right to keep and bear arms. They, they, they think that it was for deer and duck hunting. But the framers actually come out and say to allow Americans to have some kind of defense against abuse of government. And people like Hamilton said things like, to allow the American people to protect themselves against their representatives if they are betrayed by their representatives. And who in the world are their representatives? It's the United States Congress. So I think that, I think that the framers held a great distrust for government that Americans today, I think, I think we love government. That is, the average American loves government. And the reason why the average American loves government is because government can do those things for them that if they did the same thing privately, they would go to jail. That is, government can take my money and give it to you, but if you uh, came up to me with a gun and took my money, you would go to jail. But if you go to Congress and ask them, would you take William's money and give it to me? Well, you know, you, you don't go to jail, but you have my money. I have very low tolerance for the, uh, the TSA people. Uh, I think this was a number of years ago, but one time I was traveling and I had carry-on uh, luggage and, uh, and in my carry-on luggage I had an eyeglass repair kit. And uh, th this uh, TSA person told me I could take the screws but I could not take the screwdriver and I said, that's stupid as hell. I said, who ever heard of somebody hijacking an airplane with an eyeglass, uh, uh, eyeglass uh, screwdriver? And so he said, wait here. And so his uh, superintendent came up, and the superintendent uh, asked me, and I repeated myself. He said, it's on the list. Either leave it here or you, or you don't get on the plane. And so uh, I would not have gotten on the plane, but the people that invited me had set up a banquet and things like that, and it would have been pretty uh, awful if I hadn't shown up. But, but I just uh, shown up. But I, I just don't travel commercially anymore, and, and, uh, and now I, I just travel on the private plane. If people want to... Uh, have me uh, to give a talk, and it's a very costly proposition, I, I, I just will go by a private plane. I just won't deal with the TSA because I'm too old to go to jail, and I'm not as compliant as most of my fellow Americans. up on my timing on that, but uh, I hope you enjoyed that clip. Walter Williams, who is now uh, 
in heaven, but he has great, he lives on on YouTube and on different uh, channels. And uh, so this is our third segment. And uh, I was talking about uh, candidates uh, not telling the truth. And uh, so the election cycles are your only it's let me put it this way it's not your only option but it's your easiest option to uh eliminate people that didn't follow uh the agenda that you thought should be followed in the last two years or four years or six years so it's your chance to say you know i don't like what you did so i had i i did not support uh we have an assemblyman here named james gallagher who's kind of a golden boy and kind of because he's got a name that's been around for long years, uh, not so much uh, his contribution, but his dad and grandfather and have a good reputation. They're farmers in the community. He became an attorney, but he just got appointed to a leadership position in the Republican Party. And I thought, you know, one of the slick things to do is when the Democrats work their way where they got people working in both parties. And James is really more like a Democrat than he is a Republican. And uh, so I'll give you an example. And a lot of people just want to ignore how people vote and, and the stands people take or they don't take. Or they're not willing to stand up and fight. Like, for instance, there were patriots. Uh, there were people in the, uh, the early days of the United States that uh, lived here. And, and they were living with uh, alongside people like Thomas Paine, Paul Revere, uh, Benjamin Franklin, uh, Patrick Henry, all these people, right? Alexander Hamilton. And they lived right alongside of him, but they never would stand up for righteousness. They wouldn't, they wouldn't throw down. And they could, yeah, they, they, their names were listed. They're, they were born. They existed. They died. They were an attorney. They were a farmer. They were a, uh, you know, some, some sort of a, a tailor, seamstress, whatever they were. They were that a grocer, and then they came to pass. But other people you read about in the books, those people stood out, and they were either traitors or they were heroes, right? And so during the last uh, couple election cycles ago, we had an opportunity. It wasn't an opportunity. It was an opportunity for some people to undermine the savings that were uh, given to us by people back in the 1970s. People rose up against the government, it's very unusual for this to happen. In fact, it started a movement in the United States of America, very unusual to be able to throw down against the government and have the power to vote uh, and change the tax structure of how our property taxes are assessed in California. And it's, it was called Proposition 13. You can read all about it. It's all over the hist history on the Internet. And then there were follow-up propositions like 218 and I think Prop 57 that secured other loopholes that that the government continually tried to undermine and take away more and more of our taxes and undermine what the people wanted with Prop 13, which cut taxes to just a, a fraction of what they would have been paying. I'm talking about property taxes on your real property. So Prop 19 uh, was an, an effort uh, to deceive the public, all these tax majors are always deceptive to the public, and it was to deceive the public that it was really going to be a benefit. But what it did was it took your ability away 
from giving your business or your properties to your loved ones, your children or your grandchildren, if they're, your children are gone. So you used to be able to give your properties and your business to your children or your grandchildren. And then the, the property's tax basis would remain the same. So they wouldn't have to get have these egregious assessments and all these taxes they'd have to pay. Um, and then a lot of them would have to sell off the farm or sell off the business because they couldn't afford to pay the taxes. And so Prop 19 changed that to where now uh, it was going to change it to say that you would have to pay those taxes. You, you would They would come out and say, oh, well, Grandpa owned this property since the 1960s, and now it's 2022, and we're going to come out and reassess the property as if it was valued at today, after, after, as if you bought the property today. And so, um, so James Gallagher, quote unquote, Republican, I don't even call him a rhino. It's, he voted like a Democrat would. And he voted, he endorsed, he didn't vote on it. He endorsed it, which was huge. He's an assemblyman uh, covering a number of counties here in the, in the North State, Republican counties, conservative type counties. And he endorsed uh, that prop proposition and it won by a very, very slim margin because of that. And I think maybe other, other reasons as well is the Howard Jarvis taxpayers association did not endorse James Gallagher. Now I, now I, I, and I don't put out a loose, I put out a thing called loose picks, not because I'm trying to sway an election or I'm trying to, I, I don't have time to do all that. I have other things that are important to me. But I just put out loose picks so people, when they call me and want to talk to me on the phone or they text me or they email me and they say, what do you think about this? I haven't, I don't know these people. What did, what did you do? What, what do you think? I, I don't have time to talk on the phone to people and email back and forth, back and forth, text, text. I mean, not, I am not into texting. I text some, but I'm a talker. And I'd rather talk about, but I don't have time to talk to 100 people. So I put out a thing called loose picks. And it's and and I tell people right on loose picks. These are this isn't a voter plank. If you want to vote different, do it with a good conscience, clean conscience. You, you don't have to please me. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do this, that and the other thing just because everybody else is going to go over the cliff with it. I am not going to do it. I'm not supporting people like Doug LaMalfa anymore. I'm not supporting James Gallagher. I'm not Jim Nielsen is is terming out thank god but i'm not supporting a spineless jim nielsen senator so all those people may think oh and all you there's some of you people just go you go right down the line republican 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 forget about it uh, you know some of you people uh, i i you know i'm just not on that page and i'm comfortable with that and if and if you're not you just have to kind of get over that so anyway um i, I wanted to mention that and uh I got a kick out of this. Let me just share this just to transition it a little bit. I, I don't know when I was growing up, uh, I used to take, uh, I used to like to read the sports page in the newspaper and the San Francisco Chronicle back in the sixties and seventies had this huge sports page and I love sports. And so, although I wasn't a golfer and I didn't like to watch golf, I knew who the golfers were. So there was a guy named Lee Trevino. And uh, this little thing says, Why I Mow My Own Yard by Lee Trevino. And uh, so uh, it says that uh, one day, shortly after joining the, the PGA Tour, in 1965, Lee Trevino, a pro professional golfer and married man, was at his home in Dallas, Texas, and he was mowing his own lawn, as he always did. Now, this is amazing, isn't it? Back in the day, 
everybody mowed their own lawn. We did not have a yard services were just kind of coming in. People came in out of World War II and uh, they were mowing their own yards and their kids were mowing their own yards. So anyway, Lee Trevino's mowing his own yard and a lady driving by in a big Cadillac stopped in front of the house, lowered the window and asked, I've done this. I've done this myself. I haven't done this exact wording, but she says, excuse me, do you speak English? And Lee responded, yes, ma'am, I do. And the lady then asked, what do you charge to do yard work? And Lee said, well, the lady in this house lets me sleep with her. And the lady hurried off. So I have done the same exact thing when I needed a yard, a yard help. And I've seen people in our neighborhood and I pulled, I pulled up next to, of course they have their, their vans and all their equipment out there. And I said, Hey, 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 uh, can you help me? But I got a kick out of that. So the other thing I wanted to say is, uh, says fact checkers are like, just listen to this and see if you haven't heard this on the news. Fact checkers are like, he didn't say that. And if he did, he really didn't mean it. This is, this is so true of politicians. Listen to this. He didn't say that. And if he did, he didn't really mean it. And if he did, you don't understand it. And if you did, it's not a big deal. And if it is, it's taken out of context. And if it wasn't, others have done it. And if they haven't, at least that mean orange man is gone. Let me just say it one more too, one more time. Isn't this how it always goes? Guys just spinning their way. Kevin McCarthy is a master of this. The guy's dirty all the way, and he's one of the top guys, supposedly Republican. And Scalise is the same thing back in the federal government. He didn't say that, but if he did, he really didn't mean it. And if he did, you don't understand it. And if you did... It's not a big deal anyway, and if it is, it's taken out of context, and if it wasn't, others have done it, and if they haven't, at least that mean orange guy is gone. That gal, uh, let me just help, let me just jump to this. This is a, uh, a lady wrote this. I thought it was really great. What ch- I, I titled it, What Children Need. She says, I just watched a news person interview a school principal and ask, what are we missing in our schools? What do children need? He went on and on about mental illness issues and the juvenile justice system and gun control and education reform and blah, 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 blah. She says, folks, none of that mumbo jumbo makes a lick of sense. Here is what children need. Okay, here we go. I like this because this is what we need to launch in in the future, and we need to move out of the school system. It's totally corrupt, and uh, children, she says, need a mom and dad who love each other and work together as a team. Children need a bicycle, neighbors, and cousins. Number three, children need a grandma to bake with and a grandpa to take them fishing. Number four, children need a church, a Sunday school class, and a truth-telling preacher. Five, children need a dinner time with home-cooked food, prayer, and conversation. Six, children need Sunday afternoon football and fried chicken. Seven, children need books on tape and coloring pages. Eight, children need summers at the beach and bazooka bubblegum. Nine, children need a trip to Arlington and Fourth of July fireworks. Ten, children need fire pits, s'mores, ghost stories, the drive-in, and real popcorn. Eleven, children need discipline from their parents. 
12 children need chores, a job, a way to earn what they want. 13 children need education that recognizes mom and dad as the authority. God is the creator and the Bible is the roadmap. She said, this isn't about some agenda. This is about our kids. Get back to the basics, faith, family, and good old-fashioned fun. So on the heels of that, let me just say that uh, here's the title. This, I, I watched this clip repeatedly of this woman trying to talk to a school board meeting in Clark County, Las Vegas. Clark County is where Las Vegas is located inside of. She was at the Clark County school board meeting and uh, she got up to the mic. She had her, whatever they give them, three, four, five minutes, whatever. And she said, I'm going to read you uh, an assignment given to my 15 year old daughter at, at our local high school. The mom began, she's very nervous. Her voice was quivering. Then she says, this will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of the entire class. She starts, and this is the quote she starts to try to give. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just what I don't like your D-I-C-K or any D-I-C-K in that matter, in that case. I cheated, Joe. And the woman began, uh, she began to continue. Then, then the uh, chairwoman of the board says, forgive me, we're not using profanity here. And they cut off the, mo- the woman's mic, the speaker's uh, mic, the mother's mic momentarily. Then they opened it up again. And, and she said, the teacher required my daughter to read this pornographic material. And then people started commenting from the audience, and then the speaker of the board says, please don't engage with the audience, the board member scolded as people were talking back and forth. And she said, I ask you simply, this is a public meeting. I asked for decorum, and it really wasn't that bad anyway. So the mother then says, before they cut off her mic for the final time, if you don't want me to read it to you, What was it like for my 15-year-old daughter to have to memorize pornographic material and repeat it back in front of the class before her mic was cut off? Now, this is a type of we have I'm going to read you some headlines if I I think if I have time that they'll actually should chill you. I'm not even going to get in the articles. You can look up the articles if you scratch down the headlines about schools and what's going on around our country in school. There is no place to be at. It's like a bad neighborhood. Schools are now like the bad neighborhood. I remember I I got off a wrong freeway exit in Oakland in the middle of the night years and years ago and got into a bad area of Oakland, California, baby. And uh, we were up to no good ourselves. But the fact is, it was gnarly down there. And we just looked as a way to get out really quick. If you're a smart parent, you, you need to plan a way of escape right away and get your kids out of school it's bad news they're in nothing redeeming there is no redemption there's nothing redeeming in our public schools right now you need to get your kids out completely and get them into a homeschool private school charter school something school anything better than what you're doing please 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 people are getting jerked around and the fbi is being assigned to track down parents like this and call them domestic terrorists. That's what the FBI is being used to do. They're not after going, they're not going after any foreign terrorists coming into the country or murderers. 
These guys are being assigned, guys and gals are being assigned to track people down. All right, I want to, uh, before we got a few minutes left, and I want to mention that if, uh, before we get too far into the show, some of the people that support us. So at the East Street Project, where we've been working, remodeling this 100-year-old building, 7plex, we have nothing but transients there. We cannot keep them out. The Marysville Police Department cannot keep them out of our place. And so yesterday, uh, I was called by the neighbor and, uh, and one of the workers that stopped in there. So we had a pile of ladders in the back of all different lengths, up to 40 feet, because it's a very high building. And we had it wrapped and tight, you know, chained and and uh, uh, locked, etc. So in the middle of the day, 8 o'clock to 8.30 in the morning, People were over there, transients, trying to cut in and steal all those ladders. And uh, so we ended up having to go up and just load up all the ladders and remove them from the work site. Because unless we're there, we cannot keep we cannot keep the hoodlums in the city of Marysville out of our property uh, without an armed guard, literally. And it's just, it just sad that, uh, I mean, I've lived in Marysville all my life, and it's sad to say that that because uh, I'm involved in helping people, getting people off the street, getting people out of the out of the homeless camps. And it is sad to where uh, you can. I got no trespassing signs over there. I got uh, we're about to anyway, I, I, I can't spend a whole lot of time. But the reason I, I'm saying this is that we need more than ever more uh, people like Elite Universal Security and Monty Hecker out in Yuba County. And the cool thing is they're they're serving in a variety of counties in Northern California, Yuba Sutter, and then on out from there. So if you're listening to me from other counties in Sutter in, in uh, Northern California, and you want to go to work and you want a good job, call up Monty at 530-749-0280, We, um, They are working with all kinds of people. Monty says, I'm so busy because our society, I'm, I'm not going to say I think our society. I'm going to say our society is unraveling. And that's because of poor leadership. You always can look to leadership when you think, think, think things are unraveling. Like we just had a, the, the, the uh, supervisors of Sutter County voted to put a homeless operation right in the center, right in the center of the donut of Yuba city at the Kmart shopping center. And people just could go there and, and camp right in the center with businesses all around it. And, uh, that's a kind of lousy leadership we have. And, and literally we have people that as soon as you lock the door and walk away, people are just scrounging around. They're just like rats and uh, elite universal security can help you. Keep your stuff, your stuff, 5548 Feather River Boulevard if you want to stop in there and talk to somebody. But you can call them up at 530-749-0280 if you need some help. You may need technological help where you can put up some cameras or some some ways that will uh, you can watch from afar what's going on at your place. They can also help you with concealed weapons permits. And uh, so if you need a job or you need a job done, Elite Universal Security at 7490280. Remember, you always got to put the 530. It seems like we're going back. Are we going backwards? It seems like things are becoming harder with this technology, as I feel. So we're we're at the halfway part of our show. We'll be back after these clips. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's 
Madam Speaker, the Biden regime wants to talk disinformation. Okay, let's give them something to talk about. Let's talk about how the White House said that it was Republicans that want to defund the police. Let's talk about how Secretary Mayorkas said the southern border is closed. Let's talk about how Joe Biden said his Build Back Better agenda cost zero American tax dollars. Let's talk about how Biden's new press secretary falsely claimed Trump stole the 2016 presidential election. And remember Afghanistan? Let's talk about how Joe Biden said any American who wants to come home will get you home. Well, that sounds like the words of a lying dog-faced pony soldier to me. The American people will not have their speech monitored by corrupt career professional politicians who lie day in and day out. And now the DHS a militarized department has established a new disinformation governance board, or more accurately known as the Department of Propaganda. DHS was created to stop terrorism. Now it's being used to terrorize the American people. And who did Mayorkas hire to run this Orwellian Ministry of Truth? This lady, Nina Jenkowitz. Mayorkas calls her an expert on disinformation, probably because she tells lies all the dang time. Nina said that President Trump would embolden ISIS. Well, he defeated it. Nina said the Hunter Biden laptop from hell was a Trump campaign product. Nina said that concerned parents who wanted a say in their children's education were pushing disinformation. And Nina, said big tech should censor the Wuhan lab leak theory because it was, you guessed it, disinformation. Nina doesn't seem to have a good relationship with truth and will surely use this board to silence Americans. Nina is no public servants. How's that you say? Don't take it from me. Here's her words. Are these the words of a public servant? What do I need to do to, well, Madam Speaker, I'll let you read the rest of that. This doesn't sound like someone who should be monitoring Americans' speech. The Democrat Party has truly lost their minds. From intimidating judges at their homes, burning down pregnancy centers, and vandalizing churches, to calling moms and dads domestic terrorists and now creating this department to censor free speech because extremists are scared has of what? Expired. Elon Musk? They Gentle think social media censor doesn't go far enough and this needs to be defunded. Everywhere in the world that significant amounts of wind energy is used, electricity prices go up. Germany and Denmark have the most expensive electricity prices in Europe. It's because of their heavy reliance on renewables. All you need to know about energy, I say, you can learn from Germany and France. These are two very similarly sized countries right next to each other. Germany spends almost twice as much for electricity that produces 10 times the carbon emissions as French electricity. And the reason is, is because France gets over 70% of its electricity from nuclear, and Germany has been phasing out nuclear and trying to ramp up renewables. Back in this country, the Green New Deal, almost overnight it seems like, has taken over the environmental agenda of the Democratic Party. Young pioneer Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says 
We're going to need to ground our planes, ditch our cars, stop having kids for the sake of the planet. We even need to stop eating hamburgers, though Ocasio-Cortez's chief of staff was just caught downing one for dinner the other night. But even if we went entirely to wind and solar, as the Green New Deal ordains, would that fix the problems we need to fix? Michael Schellenberger has spent many years looking at this, and he doesn't think so. He's the president of the group Environmental Progress, and he joins us tonight. Michael, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks you, for having me. You wrote a piece in Quillette this morning that I thought was really smart and interesting, and I recommend it to everyone watching because of the level of scientific detail in it. But it's about wind and solar and the claim that we could shift the grid to rely on renewables like wind and solar overnight and be okay. And you say that's not possible. Yeah, we, you know, and I was one of the founders of sort of the original Green New Deal back in 2000, between 2003, 2007. People don't remember uh, President Obama. We spent about $150 billion on renewables between 2009 and 2015. And we just in kept encountering the same kind of problems everywhere that were related both to the, the essential unreliability of solar and wind. They just depend on when the sun is shining and wind is blowing, which is 10 to 40 percent of the year. And then also something that people are not as aware of, which is the low energy density of sunlight and wind. And basically yes. what we've been finding is that the, the lower the energy density of the fuel, in this case the sunlight and wind, the bigger the environmental impact, you just have to use a lot more natural resource, including land, to generate very much electricity. So it's not very good for the environment, was your point. Then you point to another form of energy that has a checkered reputation, but that you made a very powerful case for, nuclear. Yeah, I mean, we were in the, in the process of, of trying to figure out how to deal with things like climate change, or even if you're not as concerned about climate change, how to deal with air pollution. Yes. We finally just had a number of friends who said, what about nuclear? And we were like, well, but nuclear is scary. And we had, you know, I had all of the concerns that most people have about nuclear. I went up, read up about all the accidents um, and was shocked, actually, by how few people uh, died in Chernobyl. Um, in the most recent accident of Fukushima, uh, the scientists agree that nobody will die from the radiation that escaped. And that, too, is explained by the energy density. So what we find is that biomass, burning wood, and fossil fuels kill about 7 million people a year from smoke. Um, and so that smoke is just a function of all of that waste product being in the air, people breathing right. it. With nuclear, even in the worst accident, only a tiny amount of material escapes. And so the energy density of the fuel also determines just how much air pollution there's going to be. So the people who wrote the Green New Deal and proposals like it must have consulted scientists before they did. And so they must know what you just said is true because it, it demonstrably is true. So why isn't, so. <laughs> why isn't nuclear part of the solution? Why are they against nuclear? It's very disappointing. Um, well, I mean, there's sort of three big reasons why people are against nuclear. I mean, the first is that they associate it with the bomb, which right. is wrong. They're two separate technologies. Um, you know, right. the second is that in the 60s, more in the 60s, but still around today, there was concerns that too much cheap energy, too much nuclear energy, would result in overpopulation, overconsumption. And then the third one, which in some ways is the most powerful, is just a really strong desire to right. use energy to harmonize with the natural world. That turns out to be a bad idea because the more the more natural resource we use, the worse it is for the natural environment. Well, you know, exactly.
All right, welcome back. We're in the second half, and I want to mention a couple other people uh, as we go along here that keep us rolling, keep us going, keep us uh, on the air, keep us on the net, keep us uh, doing our technical work, all the people that make this happen. I'm just one small part of this. Please help me. I just need, I need everybody supporting me every week. I, I'm not asking for your money. I'm just all the people that help me now in the technical parts of this, and, the, and uh, thank God for all the folks that set things up from the the live show over at KMYC, Ernie Friesen and Tanner Martis and Santos Vigil and Ken Vrizzell and all of them. Much love. So I want to mention my friend, Dr. Cassidy, again, uh, we talk throughout the week. If you need some addiction help, any kind of addiction from cigarettes to meth to alcohol to fentanyl to opium, uh, it's okay. We will help you. It's easy for us. It's, we will, it's hard for you. But it, it's easy for us to help you. It's the least we can do. Uh, that's what Doc and my mission on the earth has worked together right now for as long as we can to help you uh, get back everything that's been stolen from you. So let, let me give you some steps to get started. And we will be there for you. So you can call Peachtree Health at 530-749-3242. 749-3242. And just ask for doctor, try to work your way through the auto, uh, auto talk system, work your way through it and ask for an appointment with Dr. Cassidy. When they ask you what's up, just say addiction. If you have any hitches, somebody doesn't know what they're doing, then I'm going to give you another number to text. And that's Dr. Cassidy's personal number, 530-682-8648. People say, oh my goodness, you're giving out the doctor's number. Yeah, we're saving lives. That's how we're doing it. We're saving lives, right? So 530-682-8648. Somebody the other day, they realized that in my glove box, I have Narcan in my glove box. They were they were shocked. They said, you're kidding me. You got Narcan in your glove box? I said, yeah, because I'm going to run into somebody that's going to be dropped dead from fentanyl, and I'm going to save them. So 682-8648. If all else fails, call me at 530-713-1838. I talked to a guy the other day. He was on a little bicycle. He used to have a great job, had a wife, had a, had a house, had kids. He didn't have, now he has nothing and he's all skinny. And I just, I made the pitch. I said, Hey, we can make it, we can make a change. So, uh, when you're ready, we're ready. Okay. I also want to mention, uh, I just referred a lady to all power services referred a couple people out there. Uh, I referred a big tree service out there this week and a lady had a car problem. She needed a car repaired and, and, uh, has been sitting for years. And I said, take it out to all power services, five, three, zero, eight, four, four, zero, three, four, seven. These guys, if anything is running by a motor, they can fix all these things. I mean, they putting on, as I call them, Cadillac. I, I had the boss at Cam YC said, Lou, it's not called a cat. Cadillac converter is called a catalytic converter. I said, I know, I know. I, I, I can say catalytic, but all my, my uh, street friends call it a Cadillac converter because they can't remember the term catalytic. So uh, all power services, 530-844-0347. They're out at 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City. Uh, you can Gmail them at allpower1469 at gmail.com. Will and Josh are doing a great job out there, and they're fixing stuff, repairing all the motors on all your toys and all your work equipment, including chainsaws and motors and stuff. They'll do it for you. Lawnmowers, weed eaters, big rigs, 
tractor trailers, they got it going on. Plus, they can do welding fabrication. Give them a shout out. And I was doing my best to bring some business their way this week. Also, Allen's Auto Body at Tea Garden at Sutter Street. He's got the uh, Canary Yellow Building right on the corner. You can't miss it. Uh, corner of Sutter Street and Tea Garden in Yuba City. Kevin and Kerry Clark, they're the nicest people you'd ever want to hang out with. In fact, they may talk your leg off and then help you repair your leg as well as your car. So Allen's Auto Body, they will fix your car and make it look just like my Honda Element. It is just like brand new, man. It's just like all slick and everything. I got it so inspired. I had I had uh, Luke Robertson come over there and come over here and detail it, even though they cleaned it up for me. I said, Luke, I've got it all dirty, hauling Afghan refugees to farms. Come on over here and clean it. He cleaned it, came, came to my house, was really nice. There's some nice people out there, and all the people I talk about on the radio here, they're all doing a great job in treating people right and doing things nice. So there you have it. Okay, we're going to go on here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Not breast milk, but they call it the, uh, what am I trying to say here? I got all these articles about it, and I'm, formula. So um, let me look something up here. And uh, I took a picture of the, uh, you've heard of formula, baby formula, right? And uh, this is amazing. There's such an, I could do the whole show on this. This, this is such an, a phenomenon. They're saying there's not enough of it, right? They, because uh, there's problems in the production of it. So they ran out of it. So anyway, uh, the interesting thing is, I was born in 1949, and so my mother became pregnant in 1948. And uh, and so when I was going through, after she died, after my parents died, I was going through some old paperwork, and I found like this baby record stuff where moms write down stuff about their babies. And my mom didn't write down very much because she already had two babies and got that out of her system. So me, it was kind of just like a couple comments, like he survived and— uh, and he took breast and, and he, he was on formula. And I thought, whoa, this is like back in the old days. I mean, the Tyrannosauruses were still running around the foothills and, and already they're busting out some formula. And I thought, no wonder I, I've wondered why it wasn't the same as other kids. And so then I realized my mom drank and smoked during her pregnancy. And then she, I got no breast milk. I got no breast action. So, um, so I wondered like, how come I'm different than all the other kids? And I realized, and, and I wondered, I wonder what kind of, as I'm doing this show today, I was wondering what kind of formula was I drinking? Because I looked at the label. I have it right here on my screen. If you if you Google or DuckDuckGo, which I use nowadays, I, I prefer DuckDuckGo. It, it's a better search engine, actually. And you put in Similac. Just pick one of the names of the of the the, the stuff, and just put the then put Similac label or Infamil label. And you'll, they'll, they'll show you the actual container and the label. Now, listen, uh, I'm going to talk about the fiasco with our government, but f- uh, don't give your kids formula. I, I remember when we were hippies and uh, the lady, one of the ladies that had a baby, there was something wrong. She couldn't do the breast milk thing. So instead of formula, they bought goat's milk. And uh, 
the goat's milk, uh, there was a guy just down the road who had goats, and we bought goat's milk, and that, that was a great sub. Let me just read these things. These things cause cancer. The ingredients in Similac, the top ingredient is corn syrup. It's totally bad juju. You never, and if you eat anything in life and it has corn syrup in it, skip it. It's bad for you, really bad. Second thing is milk protein isolate. Third is high oleic safflower oil. Safflower oil is not good for you either. Fourth, for the top, fourth out of the top four ingredients, two of them are corn syrup and the fourth, the first one's corn syrup. That's, that's, there's more of that than anything if it's number one. Four is sugar. And then we have more soil oil. And I'm telling you, there's like 40 things in it. It's bad for your kids. Can they survive it? Maybe. But, you know, one of the reasons Abbott shut down is there some babies died. Did you know that? It's unbelievable. This is bad stuff. There's a lot better stuff if you have children. But uh, you know something? A lot of minority people don't look at that. You know, back in the 70s, although my mother and a lot of women like her back in the 50s, 60s, they started using, they said, hey, this is a lot easier to buy, buy this formula, and you don't have to do the breast thing, right? But then there was a movement in the 70s to go back to breast milk because they realized it was much, much better and this formula was bad for your kids. Now, because of Madison Avenue advertising, they're convincing people to take formula and not use breast milk. And women don't have time to breast milk, breastfeed anymore. I'm telling you, fine if you don't want to do breast milk, but there's but do something that's not going to cause cancer. Sugar causes cancer. And the top two of the top four ingredients in, in Similac are, are strong sugars. sugar. Regular sugar and corn syrup. Bad news. So that said, you, go look at the labels yourself. I don't have to. I'm not going to spend all my time educating you. So let me tell you how when government really gets involved in business and keeps regulating and controlling and rules and rules and rules and rules, and rules business people are smart. So one day a guy went to a politician and he's selling, he's selling formula and he's, what's he competing against? If he's selling formula, he is competing against mother's breasts and babies love mother's breasts, right? They love the milk. They love the experience. They love the comfort, right? That's a huge competitor. And so uh, that's like a high school kid going up against LeBron James. So the mother's breast is going to get it every time, but the kids don't get a choice. If the kid got a vote, he'd raise both hands, right? So what the, 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 uh, the breast milk or the, uh, the formula company advertising guy, the lobbyist, went to the politician and said, do you realize we have a lot of poor people? They went to the Democrats and Republicans. He said, we got a lot of poor people. And, you know, we already had welfare. So in other words, he went and he said, listen, uh, we will give you, uh, we think that you ought to give a, the way we could stop poverty. And a lot of women are poor, single women. Because they started welfare, and as soon as they started welfare, then a lot of men left. 
And uh, so we had a lot of single women raising kids. So they, they, he said, listen, we, we could give away this formula. Instead of giving out money, we could give away the formula. Now, isn't this a great way to sell your product? Whatever product you're selling, whether whatever, just imagine selling shoes, you're selling socks, you're selling underwear. If you could just tell the government, say, why don't you just give them away free? We'll sell them to you. That saves all the advertising, the distribution, all the mumbo jumbo. You just sell it bulk to the government, essentially. You deliver it to stores, but the government's covering the cost, right? So what they, they convinced the government that they could ensure that our kids would be so healthy. But what they're giving them is sugar, sugar gunk. They're like giving them milkshakes. <laughs> it's very bad for them. It's very bad for them. I, my, my, I, have a, I have a grandson that was born, and within, within 12 months, the dude had cancer. It's very bad for them. And, and so they convinced the U.S. government to give free baby formula to women that qualified if if their if their income was 185% of the poverty level, right? So if there's if there's one woman and one child, that's two two person family, right? We'll just skip the dad, assume he's gone. If they 185% of the poverty level would be she would she could still get Infamil or Similac or any of this stuff for free if she's making under $34,000 a year. If she has two kids, say there's a three-person family, she could make up to $42,000 and still get in other words she could have sex, have a baby and the and the taxpayer pays for her baby food. Is that amazing? Like I'm not having the I'm not having the joy of of impregnating all these women, but I have to pay for them. I have to pay for their infamil and their Similac, which is cancer causing. So, uh, so a two person family is thirty three eight seventy three. Three person families forty two six zero five. Four four person family they can make up to fifty one thousand. Say there there's a husband and wife and two kids. They can make up to 51000 and still get all their baby food free. Is that a scam or what? That, these guys in the, in the formula uh, industry, they pulled the biggest scam in the world because instead of having to compete with each other at every store, at Food Max, at Albertsons, at Rayleigh's, at all the special stores, instead of competing on the shelf with price, if you know what happens when when people compete on the shelves with price, if they got high price, people buy the lower price product if it's a good product, right? So what did they do? They bid with the government. These different in- industries. These di- there's just a handful of them, three or four of them. Abbott Industries is one of the biggest, and they 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 cut a deal with the government, and when they get the deal, then the government. You know how you know how many billions of dollars are involved that are given away. Uh, for to feed babies right now babies that you didn't even create they're paying for people to have babies they have their babies and then they don't even take care of them themselves the government says i'll we'll pay for it it's just socialism that's all it is and they give them cancer causing formula 
You thought I was going to talk about the supply chain problem. Yeah, that's a problem. I'll talk about it. But the problem is, I'm telling you, the bigger scam is Abbott Industries. And all there's a couple of them that are all a part of the Nestle Corporation. And what they do is they get the bid and they, they say, hey, we'll sell the product really cheap to the government. And then, then people just go get the WIC certificates or the EBT cards or whatever, they, whether it's electronic card or paper, depends on the state. And then they go in and when they bring their groceries up to the grocery counter, some of it they pay with money, some of it they pay with a welfare card, and then some of it they get on WIC. They get totally free. It's not like they pay a little bit, they get, they get it free. You know who pays for it? You and me. If you're a taxpayer... We pay for it. And you know what happens? The government gets a kickback from, from the, uh, the manufacturer. You know what the other thing is? There's no competition, so here's what happens. They don't stay on the formula forever. Because at some point they, we, they say, hey, we're only going to pay for it for so long, and then you got to buy it yourself. Well, if the kid's still on formula... Now they got to pay. It's very, it's very expensive. And you know what happens is, is about 70 to 80% of the mothers end up buying the same brand as they got for free. Why would they do that? Because their baby's used to it, right? And they don't want to take a chance of changing brands if the kid has a reaction to it or doesn't like it anymore, right? You don't want to battle with your kid. So it's an instant uh, sales. It's, you sell it first to the government who gives it away to the welfare babe. And then when they say, okay, well, it's time you, you can no longer stay on a wick. Then you go buy it at the store and have sticker shock because now there's no competition because they have, they're controlling the market. And why? When you have no competition, then prices go up, right? So you know, you know where the prices are the highest for the same for, you know, in other words, the price for Similac or Infamil or all these different products is not the same from city to city to city. You know where it's the highest? It's where there's the most wick. So they get their money back from the wick people who are still on the product after they get off wick. It's a total scam. All they do, it, it's just like uh, corporate welfare. That's all this is. Do you know that half the babies, they're giving out $6 billion a year to pay, for, to, pay to feed babies. Now, you know what happened if, if they quit that? They would figure out another way to feed their baby. But let me ask you this. How many politicians do you think would ever, I don't believe there's a politician out there that would do this, would say to get elected, one of the things that I want to get rid of is a WIC program. They would crucify you if you said, I want to stop giving out free food to mothers and babies. Even though it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's crazy what they're doing. And the product they're giving them causes cancer. Is that just like the shot, the COVID shots killing people? This stuff is so full of sugar, sugar causes cancer. People say, oh, I can't believe sugar is so great. Yes, yeah, sugar tastes great. It causes, this causes all kinds of diseases if doctors are honest with you about it. This whole thing is a scam. So what happened is Al Abbott had to shut down their major factories because they got complaints that babies were getting sick and dying 
from the from these products. So the FDA got involved. And let me tell you that there's no agency, Food and Drug Administration. There's no agency that is a swift response, right? They take their good time. They don't care about babies. They don't care about the consumers. They'll take they'll spend a year studying Abbott Industries. We'll be right back. We we're gonna get into our uh let's see, one, two, three, we're in our fourth, fifth segment here. We'll be right back. You've been looking for love all around the world, baby. Don't you know? If one asks about, is the temperature increasing or decreasing? It's always doing one or the other. I have no concern about that. By asking people to worry about whether it's going up or down, you're immediately establishing dishonesty. The earth is always changing. Climate change is nothing you have to prove. Uh, it always is happening. It always has happened. So to make that into something alarming seems to me a little bit weird. Um, sea level is a hard thing to measure, actually. At any given place, traditionally, sea level was measured by what are called tide gauges, a stick in the water, basically. And two things change what a tide gauge shows, the land moving up and down and the sea moving up and down. Most places, it's the land that is the biggest effect. So you don't have a good measure of sea level rise. On the other hand, uh, for the last 30 years or so, we've had satellite measurements that are actually measuring sea level. Uh, it's very hard to relate these two measurements to each other. They were measuring different things. The general feeling is there is no evidence that it, it's different now than it has been for the last few thousand years. It's been slowly rising ever since the initial rapid rise after the deglaciation 12,000 years ago. Uh, the claim that we've suddenly seen a big change in that, given we've changed the instrumentation and given the error bars cover the difference, is uh, not entirely uh, fair. And to suggest that what's been going on for thousands of years is something we should suddenly be alarmed at uh, also doesn't seem reasonable. When you hear a Ban Ki-moon saying, life as we know it will cease if we don't do something, what is he referring to? I don't know. I mean, man is adaptable. Uh, people retire to the Sun Belt, not to the Northwest Territory of Canada. Although catastrophes certainly occur, they have many causes of which global warming is one of the least. There are so many interesting questions in climate. We still do not have a complete handle on why we had ice ages. Now, you know, if you want to be concerned, you want a disaster having two miles of ice on your head is, is problematic. And the Earth has had that. It's very much 
a matter of the unchallengeable assertion. All religions have dogmas. Dogmas are not proven statements. They're assertions that cannot be challenged. It doesn't mean they're false. I mean, I'm not even suggesting that. I'm simply suggesting that it's a bad idea to have anything that can't be challenged. And, and the trouble is, all of us scientists are government employees, even if we're working for private universities. All research is supported by the government. So as such, uh, we're very sensitive to what politicians say and believe. Well, that's a shortcoming. You have to figure out how to fund science in a way that there are no incentives to artificially promoting things. You know, when you hear, for instance, a scientist saying, the science is settled, you know that person has stepped out of the science. Uh, so, you know, I think that registers with ordinary people. And whenever you see someone say, you know, instead of answering arguments, uh, how could so many people agree if it weren't true? Uh, it should be a red flag. My view is one has conflated the trivial, which is that temperature is changing, climate is changing, man plays some role. There's not much disagreement with uh, predictions of disaster that uh, are not connected clearly to warming or to our activities or to anything else, and leaving people with the thought that uh, if the first part is true, the second part must be true. That is certainly not the case. And then to add insult to injury, to propose policies that would have nothing to do with any of it, but involve trillions of dollars and harm to many people uh, is, I think, uh, crossing the line. There's a lot of controversy about the uh, black players in the NFL kneeling. Actually, it's not only black players, but white players as well, kneeling uh, when the national anthem is uh, being played. And the argument is, is that they're upset with the uh, police uh, killing and the mistreatment of black Americans. But they don't tell the whole story. And I think they're misled. And I think some facts will uh, show the how misled or misguided the uh, NFL players are who take the knee. Uh, according to the Washington Post, so far this year, 737 people have been shot and killed by police. Uh, 329 of them were white and 165 were blacks. I think that uh, we're not paying attention to the, the real uh, killing of blacks and we just need to look at a few of our cities. Uh, for example, in Chicago, uh, so far this year, there have been over 533 murders, most of them blacks. There have been close to 3,000 shootings. Most of the victims are black. In fact, on the average, in the, just, we're just looking at one city, on the average, uh, each, uh, each two and a half hours, a person is shot in the uh, city of Chicago. Uh, every 12 and a half hours, 
a person is murdered in Chicago. And again, most of them are blacks. And adding to the tragedy is the fact that less than 13% of the homicides are cleared. What that means is that only 13% of the perpetrators are ever caught and brought to trial. I think that those are the issues that need to be looked at. And, and if you look at 25% uh, of all the homicides in our country, they occur in the cities of Chicago, Detroit, Baltimore, and Washington, D.C., predominantly black cities. I think that NFL players would be doing far more if they would focus their attention and try to do something about this wanton murder in many of our cities. And I know, as a black person, that these crime statistics are not flattering at all. But if there's going to ever be anything done about them, we need to pay attention to the reality and forget about showboating. I went to the bank today and um, they didn't um, respect my new identity. You know, I'm a white man. I identify as a white man. You know, when I woke up this morning, I decided to change my identity and um, everybody else get to, you know, it worked for every, it worked for everybody else. And so I changed my identity this morning to a white man, 40 year old white man. Okay. Uh, with good credit, with a credit score of 800 and uh, a partner at a law firm. I never, I never really went to law school, but I identify as a lawyer. Um, and uh, I was trying to get a loan from the bank for a million dollars. I told them, you know, my net worth was my I, my net. I identify as a wealthy white man, and the bank told me that I falsified my documents. How can you say I falsified my documents? When that's what I identify as, as a white man, I've been, I decided I've been white all my life. Like, I'm really not that black. If you look at me, you like, I'm not that black, right? You know, I'm all like, and, um, and then they said my credit score was 599. No, it's not my, I, my credit score is 800. Okay. Because that's part of my identity. Good credit is part of my identity. And I just don't think it's fair that everybody else get to change their identity. And then I can't even get away with it. The bank won't give me a loan. I identify as a lawyer. I went to the law firm, you know, and they told me to get out. Like, I identify as a partner of this law firm. You are, you are not going to tell me to leave. And I was escorted out. And, um... I, I just, I, I'm going to just go back to being black because being a white man is so hard. I couldn't get a loan. I couldn't, they kicked me out of my law firm that I, I identified as a partner there. I couldn't even be there. So I'm going to just, you know, go back to being black, you know. Yeah, I'm going to just go back to being black because 
this really did work out for me. Mama, he's crazy. So we, we have a few of these uh, different major corporations. And so they shut down. They just, it, it's so consolidated. It's a monopoly. That's why monopolies are bad for the consumer. When there's no competition or very little competition, what happens? You pay premium prices and get lousy service, right? And, and then when you have a monopoly and the monopoly starts to shake, there's trouble in the monopoly, what happens? Then you don't have the product that you're used to, right? So you think, well, maybe we could bring it from Canada. No, there's all kinds of trade restrictions to bring stuff. It's called protectionism. So, and what the, what the lobby from Abbott Industries and Nestle's and all these product, uh, corp, these corporations that make these various uh, labeled uh, formulas, they have made it so restrictive for Canada or other, uh, like France, to ship their stuff over here, that it, it cannot qualify for use on our homeland. Now, is that ridiculous or what? Who pays for that? You think that benefits the average consumer? No, no, no. Let me. When you hear that politicians, guys like Dan Flores, or uh, any of these other politicians are responsible to the constituents, I'll tell you who they're responsible to and only to. They're donors. If they have big donors, that's who they're responsible to. That's who they're responsive to. They're, they shouldn't be responsible to them. That's who they're responsive to. So, so the politicians, they protect these four big corporations that make this funky formula that they've convinced women uh, that is just as good as their breast milk. It's a total lie. It's cancer-causing. It makes kids sick. And now they, they have the whole thing, uh, not the whole thing, I understand it because I've been following this thing for years. And, and now that uh, we have a supply chain breakdown, supposedly, but they shut down these big manufacturing plant and the FDA went in there. And then, what, you know, it's kind of like once the mechanic looks under the hood, they find all kinds of problems. And so now in the government, how, how many of you know, like we, we tried to get a permit out at Church of Glad Tidings to just gravel a parking lot. And they said it's going to take six months. Can you imagine a baby formula flare up in this nation and how slow the U S government is going to be to give them a permit to fire those factories back up. And do you think how ridiculous it is that they can't bring formula in from Canada or from France or from any other Western nation that are doing the same darn thing, feeding their kids this crap. It's unbelievable. And, you know, a lot of the people that take it are just people that are just stupid. They don't read the labels. It's it's very sad, and uh, it's a scam. It's an entire scam. And let me, there will never be in the history of the United— I'll pro, It doesn't matter whether I'm going to be dead and gone. I'm telling you, no politician will throw down against Wick because he will never be elected or he will be dismissed from office for for daring to say— 
that he wants to take away, even though we have no obligation. If a gal gets knocked up across the street, I am not personally obligated to feed her baby. But by through welfare and through the socialist regime of our country, it's now criminal for a politician to say we should stop giving away free money to mothers and their babies. Like, what are you going to do, kill mothers and their babies? It's like, well, that you know, it's a straw man argument. Like, the argument should be, shouldn't mothers and babies, shouldn't mothers, like, support themselves or shouldn't their family support them? Or sh- where's the dad, right? Instead of asking, Instead of arguing all those things, it's like, live how you want and just come to us and we will be your daddy. That's how this is. I, I can't spend any more time on this. This is a fascinating thing. Uh, if you want to read a cool article, you can look at why are the feds subsidizing baby formula companies? Let me say it again. Why are the feds subsidizing baby formula companies by a guy named Ryan McMakin? There's lots of articles on it, and it's just a complete scam. It's the it's the coolest thing from a from a, this is what they call crony capitalism. It's not what it's not what our founding fathers suggested to do. This is the most black evil part of our government that they hated is when the government becomes so big that it big industry like the big box stores, Amazon.com, and all of them they they pay their way in. And then uh, th- they cut deals that that pro- profit them, and they get they get their hands on the taxpayers' dollars. They get the then they and they get the uh, where the government spiffs them. I'll tell you another one that's just like this. It's where <laughs> the U.S. Postal Service, if you see them running around on the weekends delivering Amazon boxes, they're doing it at a loss. They're not even making a profit on it. They don't charge him enough money. It's it's Jeff Bezos cashing in. The taxpayer is paying for U.S. mail. Like I go, I just shipped some stuff down to Texas. I paid for it through the, through uh, uh, a FedEx or somewhere, one of the companies, right, to do it. That's fine. But then we, through the U.S. Postal Service, are also paying to ship Amazon stuff. Because we're not charging them a sufficient number uh, amount of money. And Trump was trying to get people to straighten that up. But, of course, a lot of you voted him out. All right. So that's that's the that is the scam on. uh, That's a scam on formula. It's a lot bigger than just ain't enough of it. And the fact is, everybody would be better off if they can't deliver like they had a mastectomy or or they there's something wrong and they can't deliver the milk. Uh, there's, there's, there are goat milk sources or a lot of other sources, but some of these old formulas back back in the day, they're bad. I mean, corn syrup is bad news. It's bad for people, adults and kids alike. It's bad, bad, bad. Sugar's bad. Get all the sugar out of your diet. You'll be much healthier. But I'm telling you, our politicians are screwing us over every way, but and including Sunday, not every way but Sunday, every day, including Sunday, our politicians are screwing us by this. And they come to our meetings and come to our dinners and tell us all oh, how they're fighting the fight. Oh, they're standing up for Republican values. Oh, they're conservative. And then they turn right around and vote for all this garbage going on. They'll vote. They'll vote for a budget. They'll say, "Oh yeah, I'm pro-life." Then they'll vote for a budget that has millions of dollars for aborted babies to abort babies. Unbelievable! 
It's just constant, people. It's just, it's all corrupted. You think, oh, well, you know, I knew so-and-so, and he was really a fine guy. Yeah, look at his voting record. Really look at it. You're afraid to look at it. You're afraid to look at James Gallagher's voting record. You're afraid to look at what, you know, uh, Doug LaMalfa, I don't even know whether he's in the United States most of the time. He, he does, I, you know, you see all these people, these freshman congressmen throwing down on the floor of the Congress. Where's Doug LaMalfa? The guy's hanging up in a closet somewhere. It's unbelievable. So, okay, let me get back over here on track and uh, figure out where I'm headed here. All right. Uh, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. Let me mention a couple of people. If I don't, I'll run out and run out of time. And uh, that ain't good because I want to thank I, I like to thank and, and actually people are uh, going to, and, and uh, this is building business for some of these folks. And one of them's Nellie Garcia, just down the street from the uh, Canary Yellow uh, Allen's Auto Body. Uh, oh, by I don't know whether I, I gave the phone number for Allen's Auto Body. It's five three zero six seven one ten fifty seven. But right next door, just down the just down the street, you could almost throw a baseball and and dribble it up to the front door of North Valley Paralegal, and that's Nellie Garcia. And she's always been a help to me in, in every area of my life and uh, always given me good counsel, and I try to help her when she needs it in my areas. And um, But you can reach out to her, and she will help you with your legal needs. And she's, uh, you know, she doesn't talk trash, Nellie. She doesn't lie. She doesn't gossip. You know, lots of people just, they're not trustworthy. So uh, she she's can keep confidence and uh, you can she will work hard for you. She's kind. She's honest. That's hard to find honesty today. Five, three, zero, seven, five, one, nine, two, eight, nine. And she's at seven, five, one Sutter Street. Seven, five, one Sutter Street, seven, five, one, nine, two, eight, nine. And give her a shout and uh, she will help you. And she will work very hard for you. I know her. I know her. She's close with me. And also, I was talking to uh, the Thrifty Rooter people, and I was saying, how's it going? They called me. They they butt-dialed me. And I said, what would you need? They said, oops, we made a mistake. Sorry, Carla did. And um, so I was talking to her, Artemiko. The Artemikos run Thrifty Rooter. They've been around here for like 100 years. And... So she said, Lou, I said, are you busy? She said, oh, yeah, we're doing great. Everything's great. We're happy, happy, happy. And and you, and you she says, also, when you helped us, when you got Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security, you know, they had a homeless people started fires in their parking lot, and they were afraid they were going to burn down their buildings. So Monty Hecker got over there with Elite Universal Security and solved the problem. And she said, Lou, tell Monty that uh, we haven't been having that problem anymore over here since he did what he did. So 530-673-8201, 673-8201. But you could go on their website at thriftyrooter.net. And they will, uh, you can read right on there all the things that they do for you. And they do a lot more than the average plumber does. They just, they can go down the pipe and look on the inside, tell you what's down in there. And they can pump those uh, septic systems out. And they're on it. And you can, in the middle of the night, you could go on their website and just send them a little message. Uh, off off their website and you can just click on the things you want them to do for you and where to come and who to call and uh, just send it from there or you could call their dispatchers at 530-673-8201 so let me just give let me let me just do one more 
And uh, I'm going to talk about Greenitz, Dave Greenitz Construction. And uh, he's the uh, kitchen and bath guy. In fact, I was just looking at our website. Tanner Martis at the uh, NoHostagesRadio.com website is actually posting, starting to post photos and a little write-up from each of our sponsors. And the first one was Greenitz. And there's a picture of a cool kitchen there, really nice kitchen that he did. So you can go on his website at greenitzconstruction.com, or you can go to his, his uh, Facebook site at Dave Greenitz Construction, or you could dial him up or text him at 530-682-9602. What you're going to see at these platforms, these two sites, are before and after uh, shots of these um, kitchens and baths, and it's going to blow your mind. So if you, you know, there's, there's other people out there you can use and, uh, and not, you know, we, he doesn't eat, he's very busy. So he's not like beg, Oh, please. I mean, I, I, I work for, I work for food. Please just call me. No, he's not. He's saying, Hey, I'd love to do your work, but you'll probably have to wait a little bit. But when you get done, you're going to be happy, happy, happy. So I, I've had people get construction done. In fact, I had somebody comment about a, a very well-known contractor in the area. They, he said, Oh yeah, I bought one of those houses said no way. And these guys are really have a, you know, have a big name in the community. He said, Oh Lou he said, I, I bought a house. I bought one of those. It, it makes a difference people. It makes a difference. So anyway, Dave Green is construction. Good friend of mine again. Uh, okay. So I want to, uh, I want to talk for a minute here. Let's see if I can pull this up. I got seven minutes in this, this segment. Come on, let me uh, just think here. See if I can get to the spot. All right. So uh, there is a race. Uh, Francisco Ravellis, as I was talking earlier, is the incumbent running for the superintendent of schools. And there's a problem. And uh, so uh, he he claims he's he's a Republican, but he really isn't. And he's he endorses people like very liberal superintendent of schools for the state, Tony Thurman. He urged the state of state board of education to pass high school ethnic studies curriculums. Like we didn't even do that right back in the day. What a waste of time. He claimed to be the leading. Uh, he claims to be the leading leading California's fight against Donald Trump and Betsy DeVos anti-education agenda. Did you, did you notice any anti-edge? You know, they're anti-union if they don't want to educate kids. So Francisco prides himself on being against Donald Trump. And, and it, the amazing thing is the central committee, the Republican central committee, Yuba County are, are, are supporting this guy. Amazing. Totally amazing. The guys against Donald Trump uh, and Betsy DeVos, who were very much pro-family, pro-family choice on education against all this homosexuality, transsexuality, critical race theory, uh, Black Lives Matter nonsense. And, and Francisco is for that. He said he would not stand for President Trump's 2018 budget proposal that included funding for public alternatives like charter schools. They, the charter school that Ravellis oversees was the 92nd of the first 100 charter schools in California that Rick Teagarden started, and he's anti-charter school? He author, authored a resolution to censor Pre President Trump, Francisco Ravellis. This is a guy that the Republican Central Committee endorses. Instead of his opponent, who is a, a female and a Republican. 
He promised to fight to protect California's ban on school vouchers. School vouchers are the things that set people free. Set, you know who, who really desires school vouchers is poor people, black people, Hispanic people, minority people. They want out of crummy schools. Francisco Ravellis is fighting to stop school vouchers. He says that he wants to support our rights as parents. We have a right to have our kids go to whatever school we want and have the money follow them. We want our God-given rights. We don't want Francisco Ravellis's communist running school system where you got to go here or you got to go here. <laughs> he opposed allowing trained, qualified law enforcement to have guns on school campuses to protect our kids. He's listed as a chief endorser of Tony Thurman, who's a super lib. He, he campaigned on a promise to work against voluntarily, voluntarily working with ICE on people that were in this country illegally. He supported mandatory kindergarten. We don't want mandatory kindergarten people. People like James Dobson, if you remember, said... Social uh, sociology studies, psychological studies of children say the longer they stay with mom and dad in the home and learn from mom and dad, the better kids starting late to kindergarten and even starting in the first grade are wonderful. Head start is not a head start. People it is net head start is a total loser. Go look at all the research. Head start is not a head start. Francisco Ravellis does n- is full of baloney. He's full of hot air. Okay, uh, I want to look at, let's just look at his school that he's running. His school is is reducing in size. It's down about 30% over the last four years, his charter school. Number of English learners runs from 18 to 22. Uh, English learners, kids that are struggling to learn English, have a foreign language. English learners who have been designated as fluent. In other words, they, they now are up and, and operating on their own. Last year, zero. Not one out of the 22 made it. Previous year, two out of two out of 17. Previous year, 2018, zero out of 25. Listen, why do they even go to school? Just let them stay home and watch television. Zero out of 18 in 2016-17. Percentage of students meeting the state standard for math on statewide testing, 2%. In one year, 3% the next year, 1% the next year, 2022, uh, sorry, uh, let me, I got to scroll down here to see the, the year, 2020, 21, 1%. These are, these are the ones that measured up on statewide math test. We're talking about 1% to 3% over the last four or five years. Why, why even go to school? I could do better. Percentage of students meeting the state standard for English. It ranges from 16 to 25% proficiency. People, that is not school. Dropout rates of 31 to 48% out of the school. Graduation rates, about 30% over the last four or five years. Graduates, listen to this, graduates who met University of California or Cal State University entrance required zero out of the five years, not one. 
They graduated from his school, some did, but none of them could could would be qualified without taking extra classes to get in. And we and that's who we're going to support for another four years. And he makes like over two hundred thousand dollars. Unbelievable. Is that what we're going to do? That's who we're endorsing at the Republican Central Committee. Come on, people. We got to do better than that. Like if we got a communist takeover, that's better than that. Forget he, he says he's a Republican. There's nothing in his life that says he's a Republican, not his actions, not his spoken word, not his the way he spends his money. Watch what he does with his life and how he spends his money, baby. That says a lot. We're out of we're out of this fifth segment. We'll be right back and we'll do a sixth segment in a minute. letter from Albert Pike regarding the Illuminati plan for three world wars is largely considered a hoax due to the use of the word Nazism in a letter dated 1871. But it is interesting to note the desired outcome of this alleged plan. According to the letter, the third war officially started on 9-11 and was intended to leave the people in a state of complete physical moral, spiritual, and economic exhaustion. They will then use nihilists, atheists, and revolutionaries to create a cataclysm of social turmoil. And they will do this in order to force the people into exterminating the destroyers of civilization. According to this letter, this bloodbath would result in the destruction of both Christianity and atheism and lead to the pure doctrine of Lucifer as the new world religion. And it does appear as if this is happening now, as if the powers that be are pushing the people into a desperate corner, as if their main goal is to create mass chaos and violence. But they've been doing this all by decree because they have no authority over God or the US Constitution. And so they'd be thrilled if we burn it all down for them proving we are inferior savages in need of governance. They thought they'd have that on January 6th, but the people were there for peace, love, and justice, not a revolution. We don't need one. We already have our Declaration of Independence. But without justice, the death cult remains free and continues on its path to kill us all. They are going to shut us down again, but this time the United Nations will be in charge. Our government is giving them that authority at the end of this month, just in time for the next international health crisis. And with the leaked Supreme Court memo on Roe v. Wade, they can launch endless organized riots on us while we remain locked in our homes. Round two is coming, and this time with food shortages and the crashing dollar. But it doesn't have to be like this. Their authority is the biggest psyop ever. You are not their slave unless you choose to be. They are convincing you to do this to yourself. When they demanded that everyone wear a mask in 2020, the majority of us could have said no, demanded justice, 
and the true renaissance would have then begun. The 2020 lockdown was a beta test to gauge how compliant the population was, and we failed. But we will soon have another chance, and 2020 was also a wake-up call for millions of Americans and millions worldwide who previously had no idea how corrupt our governments had become. So now we are many, and we must all prepare for the next lockdown. And we must remember that we are not savages, sheep, or slaves. We are human beings with free will. And as lawful Americans, it is our responsibility to apprehend these traitors, exact justice, and restore the Republic. But first, we must simply say no. Say no to the masks. Say no to sheltering in place. Say no to vaccine passports. Say no to shutting down your business or your church. And if the police come to shut you down, make them commit treason. The law of the land is already in the hands of the people. All we have to do is wake up and take it back together. Peace, love, and justice is ours if we want it. Because the intention also is to reduce the number of people in this world. At the time when the new world order was enunciated, the population of this world was only 3 billion. The intention was to reduce it to 1 billion. Now the population of the world is 7 billion. There will be a need to kill many billions of people or to starve them to death or to prevent them from giving birth in order to reduce the population of this world. This is what is in store for most, for those who will suffer and die, there will be the peace of the grave. Steve Curry, you'll recall yesterday I was talking about, Saturday, during game three of the Grizzlies Warriors, Warriors series, I pointed out Steve Kerr was the only person basically wearing a mask in the entire arena. And he was regularly pulling down that mask to yell out instructions to his team, which defeated the entire purpose of wearing the mask in the first place. In other words, it was all cosmetic theater. He wasn't making anybody safer at all by wearing that mask the way he was wearing it. Wearing a mask, period. But certainly wearing a mask where you pull it down constantly to yell out instructions to your team is not in any way actually making anybody safer from COVID. Wearing the mask was all cosmetic theater. Made fun of Steve Kerr yesterday about this. It's this exact same time on this exact same show. Within a couple of hours, what ends up happening? Steve Kerr test positive for COVID and was not able to coach in game four. It's a perfect, a, uh, perfect illustration of the hypocrisy of mask wearing and how inefficient and ineffective that mask wearing actually is. Again, how many people actually pointed it out in sports media or with any kind of substantial audience? Almost no one except for me. Why is that? Because so many of the left wingers in sports media still want to pretend that wearing masks makes a difference and they're on team social justice warrior and so they will not actually speak truth to power They will pretend that stories like these don't exist, which further demonstrate how stupid the COVID protocols are. By the way, why are we even testing for COVID? 
every league needs to get back to if you're too sick to play, you don't have to play. Most of the time, that would never apply for COVID, okay? Given that everyone is going to be fine, why do we treat COVID differently than every other illness, particularly given the fact that it's never going to go away? If Steve Kerr had the flu, he'd probably coach. If he had a bad cold, he'd probably coach. Well, why wouldn't he coach with COVID? We've got to stop this stupidity as it pertains to treating COVID differently than every other illness on the planet. Okay, welcome back. We're in our last segment. Man, it's gone by fast today. Uh, thank you for those that are still listening. And those that aren't listening, I hope you're having a good time doing whatever you're doing. No no hard feelings. I'm totally fine doing what I'm doing. You do what you do. Chris Ann, Chris Ann Hall, who I love watching and listening and reading Chris Ann's comments. She is so dialed in to the Constitution. Doesn't matter whether it's Republican, Democrat, in the middle, something else. It doesn't matter. She just lines everything up with the Constitution over and over and over again. She takes no prisoners. She'll throw down against any favored, fair-haired Republican. Doesn't matter. She said, today the court holds, the Supreme Court, that a federal bureaucracy— this is so freaking scary, people. Listen to this. You, you, you make one wrong move. You put in a window and don't get a permit— you do. You put in a new water line and don't get something. You put in a little slab of sidewalk. You don't see something in California. You don't get your. Um, you, you don't get your new license on time or your DMV fees. They'll just punish you. Pun- oh, there's. Oh no no. There's no benefit. No, there's no uh, forgiveness. Oh, there's no amnesty. There's no like. Well, good. No way. Pay pay pay. Wrong 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 wrong. So listen to this. Supreme Court. This Supreme Court of the United States said that a federal bureaucracy can make an obvious factual error. Obvious factual, and nothing can be done about it. No court may even hear the case. Just like Dr. Lou kills your grandma. No problem. She's good. No problem. You're bad. It is a bold claim promising dire consequences for countless situations, and it is such an unlikely assertion of raw administrative power that not even the agency that allegedly erred, nor any other arm of the executive branch, endorses it. Today's majority acts, the majority of the Supreme Court, acts on its own to shield the government from the embarrassment of having to correct its most obvious errors. Respectfully, I dissent. Now, when I started this off, I said Chris Ann Hall wrote that. She she presented it. But Justice Neil Gorsuch, who Donald Trump appointed once he was the first appointment of on the Supreme Court when he got into office, he's the only uh, Supreme Court judge that understands and limited the limited. Uh, government and the and the constitution according to uh chris ann this is his very short rebuff against the rebuff against the rest of them in other words 
you can't sue a federal agency for coming in and taking your property or stopping you using your own water on your for your water rights or people like uh, the Bundys over in Clark County, uh, Las Vegas. The government Bureau of Land Management killed over 100 head of their cattle trying to take their property. Uh, they're saying that doesn't matter what the government does, you can't sue them and win. You can't sue them. It's unbelievable. So here's what Chris Ann wrote. She says, while America is distracted by overturning Roe and the who control propaganda, the Supreme Court just held that people have no right to challenge executive agencies in court when they take your life, your liberty, or your property based upon bureaucratic mistakes. Like how about the COVID shot that paralyzed your daughter? Or how about the COVID shot that did, in fact, uh, Steve Kirsch, K-R-R-S-C-H, he's a... uh, entrepreneur.com genius and he does a lot of medical research six out of nine that they went in and injected people in this rest home in palo alto that's where stanford university resides they went in and injected nine uh care home residents six died within the week you think that's just a coincidence You think they're going to have any recourse going against any federal agency now? They they already have no recourse against any pharmaceutical agency because the people that are supposed to have our back, the senators and Congress folks, voted to give amnesty or immunity to the big pharma. Do you know who the big investors are in big pharma? That would be the 400, 500 people that are running this country back there. This is, she says it's just another giant leaf for bureaucratic power while no one is paying attention. All I would say to Chris Ann is, baby, I'm trying to pay attention and I'm working at this and I don't have kids to raise. I don't have, I'm not out working for a living and paying, paying off mortgages and college bills. I'm past all that, all those years, but all these people, I, I feel for them. Busting their butts, trying to keep their nose above the water. The husband's working, the wife's working, the teenage kids are working. And then we're expected to keep track of the U.S. Supreme Court and keep track of the city council meetings. You know what is really amazing? I, as I think about it, the fact that our city council uh, or our, our supervisors, excuse me, the supervisors in Yuba Sutter County do not meet when it's easy for people to attend. And they don't think there's a bit thing wrong with it. Whereas there's all, the whole kind of history where the earliest uh, writings of this country says that people have a right to physically come in and confront their representatives. That's why the, there's it, it didn't it wasn't the the open meeting codes and laws and regulations did not start with the Brown Act in the 1950s. It started way back in the 1800s. And, and people said that the, when you talk about other people, by the people, for the people, the people have a right to confront. And when, when they, with all these Zoom meetings, a lot of people, they set up in like places like Montana, people weren't even within 100 miles, 200 miles of where they're supposed to be meeting. And they would just turn their uh, screen off. You couldn't even confront them visually. 
I'm telling you, people, the Zoom things do not fulfill the constitutional mandate of open meetings where, I mean, there are specific descriptions of the right of the common man and woman to go in and physically, right in their face, confront them about what they're doing in managing this country. You know why they throw a fit and they want to call you a domestic terrorist? Because they consider themselves a ruling class now. They no longer think of you as you are the rulers. You are the bosses. And they're your employees. They no longer think that. So it's it's unbelievable. Have you heard of fluvoxamine? It's a new term for me. I just read about it. Fluvoxamine. It is that I've never taken an anti-anxiety or an antidepressant medication, but the way, because I'd taken a lot of drugs, uh, legal and illegal. And uh, I think that they would feel real good if you took one. Because, you know, when you get discouraged or you get down, that's why people drink alcohol or they try to take something because they don't want to feel discouraged, right? Nobody likes to feel discouraged and depressed. So there's, there's different medications that have been created to help people overcome that. And fluvoxamine is one of those antidepressant-type medications. And the interesting thing is that it's being used very successfully against COVID. And even against COVID uh, after the after injuries from the shot. Where, and uh, the first place I heard about it. I, I saw it written somewhere, and then I was watching a video by a guy named Michael Huang. Huang. It's H-U-A-N-G. He's Taiwanese. He's a doctor down here uh, around Sacramento area, Michael Huang. And he's taking care of some uh, uh, vaccine or shot-damaged people. And he was talking about he was giving this girl uh, ivermectin and fluvoxamine, and it's helping her. But anyway, he said that fluvoxamine was by and way ahead of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine way ahead top performer uh but they the government would not allow anybody to use it and now here's what here's what we're doing right now in fact huang said was down in sacramento because they have a they're passing a law in sacramento they're trying to pass it to say that no doctor has the freedom to examine a patient, come up with his own diagnosis, and prescribe the medication he feels is best. If he comes up with a diagnosis, he's got to pick whatever the, the government says is the best for that person. In other words, the government becomes your doctor. And so Huang saying, you know, that's, this is brand new. This, this is where the government is going to be managing. That's why the government is giving every rem, remdesivir in the hospital and killing them. And then they pay the hospital $100,000. So he said it's almost impossible to get. So, for instance, uh, this is true of when you're spraying pesticides on crops. If the pesticide you're spraying uh, or herbicide does not have the pro, the, the, the plant, or, or say say you're spraying under orange trees or under apple trees, if they're not listed on the label, then even though it's it's effective on the weeds underneath it, if they're not listed, the government can come after you. So if the government doesn't list these things like fluvoxamine, th- 
fluvoxamine is a good drug. It's been used for many years for antidepressants, right? But then they realized that fluvoxamine was actually a huge help to stop COVID. And just like they figured out ivermectin through studies. But the government is so tied in. It's owned by Big Pharma, the Federal Drug Administration, and the, uh, the Food and Drug Administration, I mean, and the National Institute of Health are so sold out to Big Pharma even – and, and the CDC, the CDC and FDA are owned by big pharma and, and they're not going to make any money where they're making money is off remdesivir and off ventilators and things like that. So they have blocked the usage of fluvoxamine and they, they use people like Dr. Lou locally here and all these doctors all over the counties, these health doctors to enforce, they're like little Nazis and they enforce their guidelines that you can't use ivermectin. You can't use uh, hydroxychloroquine. So what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen is there's going to be a block market. And just like there is with marijuana right now, and there's going to be with all these other products, there's going to be a black market for these other products. When people learn through studies that fluvoxamine and uh, all these other products are good for different ailments, they're just going to buy them. There's going to be black market sources. And then they'll have to have the food, you know, then you'll have to have all these alcohol, uh, firearms and tobacco and all these people go out and try to arrest everybody again. Make, they're making criminals out of this, the average citizen trying to take care of their loved ones. Now, uh, so far, Dr. Lou has not arrested, had any of our doctors arrested in Yuba Sutter counties. But I'm telling you, there's been all kinds of all threats rumored around here. Now, someone told me just the other day. I forget who it was I was talking to. And they said that doctors received a letter in our area and probably throughout the United States that if they did not follow and or if they said anything negative, somebody's relatives works for the hospital or clinic or what. And they said there was a letter going out. They said if they any of your employees say anything negative, like doctors, anything negative, because I wondered why did these doctors that I know a few of them and they're very fine people, why did they come out and endorse the vaccines as safe, well-tested and effective? Didn't talk about any of the downsides. Why would they say that? Because when I talked to my heart doctor, who I have great respect for, he, he was very open and talking about all kinds of things about taking care of myself, like taking supplements, going to the gym, uh, you know, if I didn't want to take statin drugs and I wanted to just do it on Natch. But then all of a sudden he endorses the, uh, the jab. Why? So what I heard was that the, the federal government sent out a letter, maybe the state government, say, if you speak contrary about the jab, we will take your medical license. Think that'd get your attention after you spent all those years going to school? Now, Dr. Huang Dude, he's thrown down. Michael Wong. In fact, if you're if you live down in the Sacramento area or Rockland area, he's running for state senate down there. I would vote for that guy in a heartbeat. In fact, if you go up, you can Google, go on and duck duck go pick up his uh, Michael Wong. It's not W. It's H W. No, sorry, H U A N G. H U A N G. Pronounce Huang. Huang. H U A N G. Michael Huang. He is a doctor, and uh, 
general practitioner, I think. And he is running. He's so freaked out about our loss of freedom. He's running for state Senate and God bless him. Send him some money. You know, we need to support people in other areas of the country or other areas of our California. If you're from California that are, are good people and, and they're throwing down. If we don't do it, I'm telling you, your money is not going to do you jack diddly when you're dead in the grave. You might as well spend it for a, a righteous cause. So Stephen's, Stephen Kirsch, if you look him up, he's got very positive things on the Internet said about him. And then they say he's a right wing nutso when he, on his COVID stuff. He says this. This is Stephen, man. He's throwing down. He said the medical community does not care about saving lives. Did you hear what I said? The NIH never did a risk-benefit analysis of fluvoxamine. Physicians who use the drug for COVID now swear by it. The Wall Street Journal thinks it should be used and that the NIH is wrong for waiting for more clinical trials. You know, they just use the same excuses that guys like Dan Flores does. They they all have the same techniques. There's nothing new under the sun, according to Solomon in the Bible. So Dan Flores, if he doesn't want to look like he's the bad guy, when all the rest of them said, let's open up the community. We got all our COVID's money. Here, here's what Dan says. Oh, well, I think we ought to let staff review it and then bring it back. But it never comes back, people, because you go on with your life and you hope you trust that they're going to do what they just said. But no, they're lying. They're lying. They don't intend to bring it back. They're lying to you. And then they just leave the county closed down. Do you think it's closed down for the leaders in the county? No, it isn't closed down for the leaders. It doesn't cramp their style. They still have lots of money. They still got all their salaries. All the government people got their salaries, got their retirement, got their little cars, got their little uh, per diem allowance. I call it their tuna tuna fish sandwich money, their coffee money. They got all that. They never missed a lick. If they didn't want to wear a mask, they didn't have to wear a mask. They were just virtue signaling, signaling. Curse says doctors who have used fluvoxamine in the U.S. and other countries swear by it. Anyway, I don't have time. I only got a couple minutes left. And uh, let me mention uh, one of my other friends, Ted Holmes. They just got back from doing a huge project down near San Quentin, Colonial Guerrero, on the Baja, Mexico, working on a big orphanage down there. All my friends went down. They wanted me to go. They're all of us about the same age. We've been working together for four decades, and they just they said they had a wonderful trip. Those guys worked their rears off down there, all the different trades. And so Ted Holmes uh, runs Ted Holmes Construction and the Plumbing Doctor. And the Plumbing Doctor uh, is a great company. They they serve Yuba Sutter, 530-671-9111, and they will respond to your every need. You just give them a call. They have a dispatch center there. Listen, if you want to learn the plumbing trade, you can go to Thrifty Rooter. In fact, uh, even they may even need some uh, big rig drivers, like drive their big tanker trucks. Just give them a call over there. Thrifty Rooter, call them up at 530-673-8201. The plumbing doctor look, looking for plumbers, they will train you. 530-671-9111. Elite Universal Security is looking for guards, even part-time. I'm sure if you're a plumber and you're basically retired and you think, oh, man, I'm bored to death. And with all these prices, I need to make a little extra money. Go out and work for a day or two as a plumber each week. And they will take you on. Elite Universal Security will as well. Call Monty Hecker at 530-749-0280. 
Go out. I'm telling you, if you're sitting around a chair, they say, I just read yesterday's. I thought, man, I got to go back to the gym. They said, if you sit most of the day for three years in a row, you'll be dead. They said, if you sit most of the day, 11 hours a day, you'll be dead in three years. Think about it, people. Some of you want to be dead in three years. You don't, you're not having a very good time. So let's see. I think I covered everybody. Uh, okay. Also, I don't, I don't have the name. Let's see if I got time to pull up his name. I've got 45 seconds. So uh, Leo, or not Leo, but Luke. Let me see if I can pull up his name really quick. He's, he's my, my new uh, detailer. He will come right to your shop. He will come to your office. He will come to your house, and he will detail your car, and he will just ask you to plug in his equipment and use some water. That's all he wants. He's got everything else with him. Luke Robertson, he's starting this business. He's doing a great job. And uh, 530-650-3631, 650-650, Luke Robertson, 530-650-3631. You know, a lot of times with young people, we're always trying to rescue them. If we get them started off strong the right way and coach them and help them and support them, then we don't have to rescue them. It's a good idea. That's what we should do with Luke Robertson. We're out of time. I, I didn't hardly get through any anything this time. And uh, anyway, uh, if you want to listen to today, we'll talk about some different things on the uh, live show. So uh, if you want to check back with us. Otherwise, Lord willing, we'll be back next week. Have a good time. Bye. I see trees of green, red roses too. the dark sacred night and I think to myself